Okay, hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of You Haven't Seen That. Uh, for those who haven't listened to the show before, I'm John Campbell, and uh, this is sort of a movie matchmaking show where uh, I introduce people to movies I think they would like, uh, whether they be cinema classics or sort of bizarre cult films that I feel like need more attention. And uh, I'm very excited for today's episode because we are actually talking about one of my favorite movies uh, ever, which is Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Uh, and uh, with doing this with me today, uh, returning as, as one of our expert witnesses, somebody who's seen the movie and uh, has, has a great deal of love for it, uh, we have Donovan Eilert. Hi. You know what I like about you, John? What? How loosely you use the term expert. <laughs> it's, I mean, I've seen this On movie. this show? Very loosely, I've yeah. I've seen this movie three dozen times. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I mean... <laughs> So thank you. Yeah. Well, thank well, you. I, yeah, yeah. Very flattered. Sure, yeah. And uh, if anybody at home wants to see my credentials, mm-hmm. just email me at johncampbell at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we'll take care of it. Yeah, that's good. I don't know who, well, I don't know what John Campbell has that Gmail. It's not me. So uh, we'll, but, we'll, we'll see what he has to say about yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, but as being the show, you haven't seen that. Of course, we do have somebody who has not seen the movie that we will be introducing the movie to today. And this is, this is the first time uh, uh, that we have a, a family affair on the show. To a certain extent. I think so. Uh, and, and that we have Donovan's brother, Ian Eilert, is joining us. Hi. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm glad you could be here. This this is... Uh, have you been on a podcast before ever? No. Uh, podcast Virgin. Right All right. Here. All right. There you go. All right. Good. Very, well, excited. Is, uh, Very excited. Fantastic. I feel like this is the only one to start with. Like, uh, this makes the most sense. Definitely. No, I, because this, it requires I feel, you to watch a movie. And I feel like this podcast requires me to have the least amount of knowledge... Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing. People, because I've I've had people ask me like, "Oh, should I prepare for it?" I'm like, "Absolutely not." Oh no, no. If any, the less you know, the better. When when's because uh, some people come on and say, uh, "I don't know anything about this movie." Like, Great. <laughs> we're gonna get a raw response. Yeah, I mean, on th- real... this one, this one, you probably have some idea of what's going on a little bit. I mean, it did Batman's in the title. I I Are you familiar do know. With Batman? Uh, yes, <laughs> that that is the part that I do know. I'm very familiar with Batman. I'm very familiar with the original animated series. Mm-hmm. That was going to be my question. You you've seen Batman yes. the animated series? And, have you seen every episode? Um, yes, and I I have as of as of a few days ago. I have seen every episode. Hmm. Uh, yet not this movie, which is very, much, movie. very I, much connected. Which you would you put this after the whole series has run out? This this was made right in the middle of the series. Was it really? Yeah, um, right at the height of its popularity. Um, because uh, actually, uh, I, I one of the pieces of trivia about this, and this isn't that spoilery, so I can say it right now. Normally, I'd save it till later. Uh, this was originally uh, supposed to be a straight to video film from Warner Brothers uh, Home Video. Mm-hmm. Uh, until they saw it, and then the, and and the popularity of the show, and, uh, and they're like, you know, I think we could probably make some real money here as a theatrical release, and uh, they did that. Uh, but they that, what that did was it forced them to rush production on it a lot more, and they had a lot less time to make a bigger movie. They gave them more money, but the same amount of time. Really, I uh, just wanted to get a release date on this movie, as I usually like to. Uh, put that out it came out in 1993 i know is that. this the only batman animated movie that went to theaters though oh, yes in theaters yes. yeah there's two more after there, this well there, and so this opened christmas day 1993 <laughs> uh interesting choice best christmas present i know <laughs> i i wish that i would have been around to you were three i was three so i don't know if i would have have appreciated that movie as much as i probably will today you never I, know you never know I saw this film in the theater. I was four, 
and uh, I loved it. It was my favorite movie ever, pretty much, and still is pretty much uh, to a yeah. certain extent. Like the, I, I love this movie. Uh, I could not be more excited to talk about this movie. I've already talked about it on a couple episodes of our other podcast, Panel on Panels. I mean, we talk about Batman on just about every yeah. podcast of our life. Um, and and there's there's sort of a there's a small. A group within the Batman community that, and and I might even include myself uh, in this, that this might be the best Batman movie anybody's made, including all the live action stuff. I mean, there's well, an, there's I'm curious an, to see what I, you think, Ian, yeah, because I, there's an I, argument that it at the very least belongs in that category. Yeah, I was up there for sure. It's it, I'm curious to see how it how it sits. So what, because uh, I mean, I, I was gonna ask, what is sort of your Batman? What's what would be your Batman movie? See that's uh, okay. Well, um, for nostalgia, mm-hmm. uh, the '66 sure. Batman movie, excellent choice. Which you know yeah. has the Rogues Gallery. Oh, amazing! Definitely the Hall of Fame of the Batman villains. So putting four villains successfully into one movie, they I never thought about it until you said that right now. They crack something that the that other comic book movies have not been able will to do. Ever touch. It's amazing because uh, you start getting two villains and, and movies get out of control. That movie juggled four with no issue. Definitely. It, it was the first movie to demonstrate like an organization of heroes or villains working together for a common cause. Yeah. And then we had a break until the Avengers, basically. <laughs> right? I mean. Yes. To a certain extent. They tried, they tried it a little bit in Batman and Robin. Yeah. They tried it a little bit in Batman Forever. Well, and they tried it a bit yeah. in Batman Returns as well. I mean, you had the Penguin and Catwoman working they, together in yeah, that. Yeah, I guess a little bit. They definitely start to to kind of figure out maybe two villains is pretty good. I mean, let's see. Batman and Robin, you had Three. Bane, Mr. Poison Mr. Ivy. Freeze, and Poison, Poison Ivy. And, All loose, and again, loose terms for those characters. <laughs> exactly. Bane, and I, who you know, literally and that grunts. One, that movie and says, goes Bane. down as one of the worst superhero movies of all time so yeah i, I think they movies out, of all time exactly and it's i think that so they figured out maybe three is too much but we can stick to two so yeah um i i don't know if i have a, a favorite batman movie i mean because it's really hard to compare like michael keaton to all of the christopher nolan trilogy mm-hmm. i mean they're in a completely different leagues but they both hold up um Absolutely, you know, yeah. Over time, I mean, sure. yeah. I, I mean, I'm a I'm a Michael Keaton fan, and you you know this, Donovan. Mm-hmm. I've talked about this on the show. That movie is still to this day one of my favorite movies ever. Is the original 1989. Well, and Michael Keaton Batman. is one of my favorite Batmans. The, Me too. Just the difference that he has between his Batman and Bruce Wayne, yeah. really shows. Absolutely. Um, but to me, also uh, to get back to this movie and the animated series, to me, when I read Batman in the comics, Kevin Conroy. it's Kevin Conroy's voice, definitely. And what he's able to do in that way as well. His Bruce Wayne is different from his Batman and what he's able to, just the way he manipulates his voice. Uh, his... Oh, definitely. And one of the greatest decisions he ever made was the fact that Batman was the real Bruce Wayne. Yes. And that Bruce Wayne is, is the mask that right. he has to put on everything. He goes up higher to be Bruce Wayne. And if you listen to his actual speaking voice, uh, his Bruce Wayne is higher than what he normally speaks at. And then Batman is even lower than what he normally speaks at. And he talked about a lot that just like when he channels Batman, he just brings all the rage and pain inside of him and just brings it up into his voice and becomes Batman. You know? And it's just like, absolutely. And nobody's ever done that. I mean, not, no other not, movie. Not that successfully. That. No. Not everybody that successfully. Else, well, and everybody else is Bruce Wayne, and then you get to see them become Batman. Where the show, yes, it's the opposite way. Absolutely. Um, and, and which I think is consistent with the comics for the most part that, yeah, I mean that he's, 
that that's the guy when he's when he's in the cave with Alfred and there's no one else around. That's that's who he is. Yeah. No, I Kevin Conroy is who I hear. And then on Batman. And then also on that same note with me, Mark Hamill is the voice of the Joker. Oh, I completely agree. I though I do think that it's getting harder and harder to hear Mark Hamill with some of the newer stuff written for Joker because it's so much darker. True. Than the animated series, it's wonderful, mm-hmm. but it's. I I think that you you would get closer when hearing Mark Hamill in say like the the games, the Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. You know, mm-hmm. you start as to hear as opposed to like the Scott as opposed Snyder to run. the original um, animated series where Mark Hamill, it, it was you know they had to to portray it for kids, so he had to kind of go the more goofier mm-hmm. approach to Joker, which is uh, amazing. Yeah, I think I, that's why I think you're going to be particularly. Uh, interested in this movie because this movie uh, being a film they were able to go a little bit further than they were able to go on television mm-hmm. even while still being a kids movie this movie's pretty dark uh, we'll, we'll get into it yeah. more after we watch it obviously but um, it definitely I think that's another reason why I like it so much is that it feels more in line with the comics in that sense um, and you've read a fair amount of Batman I was just having a conversation with you yes. right before this actually um about batman comics a lot of catching up to do but yes i have i have read a fair amount of batman um especially all of the the main storyline arcs for sure um just being able to cover those sort of the the you've read like the uh the no man's land yeah so uh, so reading um nightfall the nightfall trilogy being able to read no man's land um and then you know those those standout books that I think are held above some of the rest, like uh, Death in the Family, mm-hmm. The Killing Joke, um, going through, uh, especially like the Jeff Loeb, the Long Halloween, Long Halloween Dark, Dark Victory. Victory. Yeah. I think hush. some of, hush some of the the defining stories. I I would say that I've read all of the definitive Batman that's out there. That's good. Yeah, and then and then I know you've read the Snyder some of the, at least some of the yes. Snyder stuff. Yeah. Uh, Yes, completely caught up with the Snyder stuff. Great. Love what he's doing with the character, both in the Batman run, but also in the new Batman Eternal. Um, he's doing a great oh, job. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, cool. Um, Is there anything that you are hoping to see out of this movie or anything that you're expecting to see in this movie, having seen all of the animated series? Um, I, You know, to be perfectly honest... All I have to compare it to is is the animated series, so I'm I'm definitely excited to get back into that that realm of Batman. Um, but knowing absolutely nothing about the story, the storyline, I was just going to ask if don't you have um, any frame great, of reference. Yeah, I, I have no frame of reference. Fantastic. Um, so I no, I'm just excited. Other than other than the title, Mask of the Phantasm, exactly. Which is an awesome title, by the way. It's one of the coolest titles of any movie ever. Yeah. <laughs> Batman, Mask of the Phantasm. Yeah, and then there are, like you said, this is sort of part one of a pseudo-trilogy. I mean, yeah, it's a trilogy. It's a trilogy, but you can just watch this one. Yes, absolutely. You could not watch the show and watch this one. Because they did the, you, this is in the, this isn't, yeah, yeah, you could, yeah, this does I mean, this, stand on its this own. This is like, like you said, just a legitimately great movie on its own. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, they Yeah, they made to because the other ones were made after the show mm-hmm. um sub-zero and mystery of the batwoman neither of which were in a theater no both both straight to video this movie was not successful <laughs> i should say that unfortunately right that. yeah it is unfortunate i don't know why it has since become this like classic amongst comic book fans but at the time no it was uh I, actually i can tell you why we'll talk a bit about it okay. um when we come back but uh, i think uh if we don't have anything else then we're gonna go watch the movie right now yeah great and uh uh, folks at home feel free to put the movie on now uh there'll be some awesome shirley walker batman score uh playing for the next 
30 to 40 seconds. Um, 30 to 40 minutes. Yeah, sure. I'll just play the whole soundtrack because it's that good. Um, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about uh, uh, Batman Mask of the Phantasm. All right, so we're back. We've watched Batman, Mask of the Phantasm. And uh, as we sort of always start with these, uh, Ian, I want to ask for your sort of just broad strokes, initial reaction to this movie coming right out of it. We just finished it. Uh, What are we thinking? Um, I think overall it was great. Um, Very – it was one of those that it really takes you back to the animated series. But at the same time, you can tell that it's um, separate in just – production aspect like they really did a great job mm-hmm. um yeah, making I mean, this they had more money for sure oh on definitely this. And, uh, I mean, and you can you see, see that, it on screen yeah. you see that in the animation you see that in the soundtrack um it doesn't have uh, one of my favorite things about the animated series is sometimes they just have cuts that are just a little bit too long at the end <laughs> of the scenes just kind of those left because they got to fill 22 and a half minutes exact, or whatever exactly, exactly. Yeah. so sometimes there's just kind of a, some long pauses they didn't have that at all with this um no, overall, it was a great movie. Really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, no, this thing is very tight and efficient in its storytelling, for sure. And the pacing of it is really, really interesting because it, it moves like a early noir Batman comic until the Joker shows up. And then once the Joker shows up, it feels like it starts to really gain pace, mm-hmm. to, you know, like Definitely. really pick up. I really agree with that. Yeah. Um, so let's let's, uh, let's go through the movie a little bit more then, specifically uh, part by part. Um we we open like it opens with uh well it opens with this opening title sequence with a CGI um Gotham City, City yeah. um which I was reading they created for the show actually um as a way to uh, expedite production they they figured if they made CG renderings of the whole city then they could just throw those in and that would save on the cost of having to animate and draw backgrounds all the time they ended up abandoning that idea but so this is sort of a a relic of that that they threw in as the opening sequence of this movie. And I think it really fits. We were talking um, kind of before the movie that it's interesting in the animated universe of DC what they choose to um, create with CGI and what they use animation on. And I think mm-hmm. in this one, even though this is you know earlier CG, it fits that stylized, that kind of semi-art deco, semi-futuristic style that they've portrayed Gotham City. And I think it totally works something we've talked about on our other podcast panel on panels is how timeless this bruce tim batman universe Mm -hmm. feels definitely there i mean there are computers and there are cars that look like they're out of the 1930s and then there are blimps and they're blimps yeah yeah and and i mean like and you were talking about like the police van and that feels very old timey i love that swat van Um, where the back just opens up like a mm -hmm. clamshell yeah so like that even like nothing like that ever existed you know i mean like like that kind of stuff. And I think some of that, and I think I've said this on panel on panels as well, I mean, some of that does come from Burton. Yeah. Because Burton had this weird pseudo-1930s, but also kind of the future 
vibe to his Gotham City. I mean, his was more gothic in nature Mm -hmm. than I think the animated series is a little bit more like Art Deco. Well, and I don't think that the animated series really wouldn't have um, taken off as much if it hadn't been for the hype around Batman that happened at that period. And so they... I've heard interviews that they had to keep some of those styles just to kind of semi-connect it so that people would be interested. Exactly, yeah. This is going to be one of my favorite episodes of the show only because you know so much about Batman and other Batman things, but have never seen this movie. I know. Like, I there are people, right. like, yeah, we did We did Indiana Jones with Katie, which is great. She knew nothing but a Disneyland ride about Indiana Jones. She so the whole world was opened up to her. I know. She's like, I, I didn't know it was in the 30s. I didn't know there were Nazis. I didn't know anything about this stuff. Uh, that, the, you know, that there was, like, religious aspects to it and stuff. And was this, ra- this was Raiders? Well, we we did all three. But, yeah, this was nice. obviously the initial uh, reaction was to Raiders, for sure. Definitely. Which, if you are listening to this and you haven't listened to those go back and listen to which she likes the best it's fascinating <laughs> it, it is it's, it's it, an interesting we're not going to give it away we're not going to spoil it because yeah but, but uh, ooh, I don't know. <laughs> it's an interesting choice it makes no sense um so so, the, so we we move out of this sort of opening title sequence, which, I, I, which also should lead to one of my favorite things about this movie, which is Shirley Walker's score. Oh yeah, for this film, it's it's wonderful. Yeah, it's. I mean, she also did the score to the animated series as well, um, and subsequent most of the um, animated stuff, also Superman the animated series and Justice League and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Well, and you can really tell when it's a great score because it never takes you out of the movie. You know, right. there's never any point that draws your attention away from what's going on. Absolutely, and but I mean, like to because obviously there's a lot of the themes of the animated series in this, definitely. But then to expand upon this, that with the like choir and the almost operatic mm-hmm. nature of this, um, it was kind of a animated series mixed with uh, Phantom Menace. I was going to say it totally reminds Duel me of, of the Phantom. Fates Absolutely, of the yeah. Which, uh, but in the best one of the way be- possible. Well, Duel Fates is one of the best pieces of score in any movie ever. I mean, oh, unquestionably, s- yeah. You say what you will about the prequels, <laughs> but Duel of the Fates is an incredible piece of music. Yeah, definitely. You were uh, talking, John. That there was a time when you would call in <laughs> to listen this to is, a preview of Duel of the Fates. This is how old the story this is. Yeah, when 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 Phantom Menace was coming out of the Oregonian, they had a thing in the bottom of one of the you know the arts and entertainment section, or whatever. You can you could call this number and listen to Duel of the Fates before this is before the movie came out, so you could hear the theme to the new. And so I would sit there on a landline phone <laughs> listening to it and going, "This is amazing! I can't! Oh and man! I'm sure, you know, speakers and phones are <laughs> high." quality that's what john oh, yeah. williams wanted you to listen that, to it was through. the way it was meant to be heard <laughs> can we uh, mix this for phones yeah. guys you can see what you're doing with this choir but let's yeah. mix it for phones. i also remember hearing that they were going to show the trailer for that movie on tv at a certain time and having to be you had to be that. home and ready for that right exactly that yeah uh so that's a, obviously uh interesting but this score and actually one of the fun things about this is uh what the choir is chanting are the names of the like music production team backwards i i was wondering really? what yeah. what the lyrics behind this yeah whole so the so the yeah they're like all the names of like like the three or four producers of the music or whatever just backwards well <laughs> completely works though well, that's awesome. why has somebody not turned that around then i i think we're gonna need to listen to it backwards now to actually yeah. hear the yeah names. exactly uh get on that internet um so then then we go from that into the actual movie and it opens um in sort of classic Batman fashion. Definitely. You've got a bunch of gangsters sitting around um, with a, a suitcase full of counterfeit bills, um, chuckling about how great their counterfeiting has been going. Uh, and then Batman crashes in, ruins the party. If I ever direct a Batman movie, mm-hmm. pff, 
which of course is going to happen yep. someday. Definitely. They're handy to you. It's going to be Affleck than you. Affleck me. Mm-hmm. Because Affleck and I are good buddies. Yeah. Um, and we're I'm going to do the exact opening of this. I mean, the idea of like laundering money, Batman swings in, goes under a table, flips the table, punches the guys, throws a guy into a painting, is the, like, yeah. it moves so quickly. It does, and it... It really gets you in the action, but you still can tell everything that's going on. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I love the thing where there's um, – is it the table is on top of the guy, and he's still moving, and mm-hmm. then Batman just steps on the table, yep. and he stops moving? Well, and I think right there is when you realize, all right, this is going to be a little bit darker than the animated mm-hmm. series. Because in the animated series, they would have left that alone. Right. There would have been a joke of like, Ugh, you yeah. know, like the guy groaning under a table as Batman leaves the room. No, it's it's interesting. It doesn't go too far. It doesn't go that much further, but it just goes a little bit yeah, further with no. the violence and the darkness Definitely. in this for sure. I mean, people do die in this movie, which people did not die on the show, really. Well, and I don't remember a lot of blood. On the right, show. exactly. Mm-hmm. But in this, they definitely the show. Teeth getting knocked out a whole bunch. Yeah, yeah. No, the, the, yeah. It, it, this movie, it's interesting. It's still made for kids. It's still. Uh, I talked about why this movie wasn't successful. I was going to say why this movie wasn't successful. One of the things was it was programmed only for children. So they would show it like on Saturdays and Sundays at like 11 in the morning only. Theaters would program it that as a kitty matinee. Mind. Yeah. So, um, because that was you're watching what... this as an adult, Ian, and oh, you feel definitely. like it's a. It... Uh... Well, and, you know, with all the cartoons from the 90s, you get the more adult humor that goes throughout the yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you wonder. Why was this only given to kids? Right. Because, I mean, I know I've heard Bruce Tim talk about this a lot, that the, the show was never written for kids specifically. No. I mean, they had censor issues that they could only do certain things. But when they were writing it, they were writing a drama just about Batman. They were just writing a Batman show. Definitely. And, and one of the things that everybody says about it, adults included, is how much respect they actually paid to the comics. You know, they're yeah. not... They're not making this goofy for kids. They're they're still giving it all the respect it deserves. It's just they had to to censor it a certain amount so that it could yeah, relate towards kids. For sure. And I mean, and the, the, what I was struck me about the show was the psychological complexity of these stories. And this movie is very much of that as well. Like there's deep emotional things going on here that. Like, I mean, I saw this movie in the theater when I was four. I don't think I picked up. I, there's no way I picked up on everything. I was, I, but I was totally into Batman stepping on that table uh, and, and stopping that guy or, or flipping the table up and, and mm-hmm. or crashing in through windows and any of that stuff. But all the – and what's interesting is then probably now as I've gotten older, my, my interest in this movie has shifted far more to the love story of it and all the stuff with Andrea um, that, that goes on throughout the movie. But so we, we, we go from that to one of the gangsters escapes out into a – parking garage where uh, a, a character appears in, in sort of a haze of smoke or fog mm-hmm. um, which would be, though it's never named the Phantasm uh, hence the name of the movie yeah, Mask of the Phantasm and uh, uh, he tries to shoot the Phantasm nothing happens uh, and so he's going to get in his car and, and run, it, run it down uh, whatever this thing is uh, and that doesn't go so well for him. And he ends up going out the, this is really cool. He goes out the parking garage into the building next to it. Yeah. It was, uh, it was kind of a, a James Bond moment mm-hmm. in, in the sense that, you know, being able to drive so fast that you drive from one building to the next. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm pretty I'm, sure that just happened in the last Fast and the Furious movie. A couple times in it, actually. Not to bring science into this, but he was breaking at the time that he went out the window. <laughs> and streets in Gotham are very wide. There's no way you would have cleared that. Unless that parking garage was like 40 stories high. Well, 
Hey, we don't know. We don't. It did we look. Don't. It did we, look like it was, it was up there. I mean, it was pretty high. Saw the <laughs> Who put a parking scene? garage in the middle? It looks like in the middle the, of a building. They're at, like a, a they're at a casino, is what it says. Do you think there's like? Do you think there's that much parking at a casino? I don't think so. But I'm just saying, like that was that's that's the other thing. I I actually don't know if I'd ever noticed that until right. I'm like, oh, they're in a casino. Because where they are, it's just like a like a boardroom kind of yeah, thing. Just an office. Somewhere. Yeah. Um, but it but it is a casino because there's a there's like a flashing neon sign above that when when they have the establishing shot, and then when he runs into the parking garage, it says casino parking. Um, so I guess they were running counterfeit bills in their own casino. Well, I mean, he's he has that line. He's like, I want to run half a mil a week and then three mil or a th- three quarters of a mil by this time mm-hmm. out of the casino. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So which why? Because they're crooks. But I mean, why out of your own casino? Like, well, maybe the the point is people bring in their own real money. They get it. The casino pays with counterfeits, and don't have to. I worry get the about. idea of casino using counterfeit money, but why would it be made on site so that if they ever traced it back to the casino, there would be a room where people are like sitting around, uh, the <laughs> the laundering money when yeah. the police showed up? Well, you know, which I mean, Gotham police would never find that. No, well, that's, that's the thing the too. They they they. Yeah. You, uh, one thing that Batman proves is that. Gotham police aren't doing. I mean, a lot for <laughs> four precincts no. couldn't take him down. He wouldn't be around if uh, yeah. that was the case. And the police are uh, a part of this movie. That uh, so, but well, everybody. There's a great line where he's like, "Should I give more money to the police? Yeah, so yeah, I'll yeah. donate more." Yeah. And it's like you see that that wouldn't. Ever oh work. no, 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 no! <laughs> if anything, that might make things worse. How naive, <laughs> young Bruce. Um, but uh, so people see the the car crash, uh, and then they see a. Oh, Batman runs out and sees it, and then people are like, "Look, it's Batman! There's Batman!" Well, uh, there's also eyewitnesses when he like flipped the table mm-hmm. and chased yeah. the guy into a parking garage. Yeah, so people think Batman. Classic wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. Batman move. Yep. Uh, so ba- people think Batman killed this guy, uh, which uh, which we then have our character uh, Arthur, who's a city councilman, and, and he doesn't like Batman too much. N- not at all. <laughs> you know, and you wonder if it's he doesn't like Batman or if he just doesn't like that somebody's going after the mob and he's been told it's Batman. It's never clear that he has like a specific Batman vendetta. No, I, I but I well, think it but, is a requirement that if you are ever um, elected to office in Gotham, you have to be against Batman. With the exception of like one that. police commissioner. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You know. he, yeah, he's the only one, run, uh, the only one it, running on a pro-Batman platform. <laughs> His mustache shows him the truth. Because I, lo- I love this scene. But that being said, he, he was actually given the job before Batman was Batman. It's, so uh, It's true. So technically, he, he got a buy right there. Yeah. Uh, uh, I love the scene, though, where Arthur's giving this press conference all about, this, this is vigilantism at its worst. <laughs> and then Gordon's just hanging out at the press conference going, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Batman's great. <laughs> Excuse me, <laughs> commissioner, the commissioner of police has nothing better to yep. do than to just stand Saying off to the side of a press conference. To everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, no, there's Bullock there too. He bullock's there. Bullock's there. Yeah, but we know he makes we know Bullock about the police, and Bullock looks real sheepish. Yeah, yeah. but we know Bullock's anti-Batman. Always has been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Bullock, Gordon is hardly in this movie, which is interesting. Bullock's in it more than he is. Bullock, yeah, Bullock's yes. in a few scenes because um, we see Bullock later leading the hunt for Batman. We also see a young, a Bullock, young Bullock in uniform. Yes, uh, later in the movie because one of the things um, this movie has a lot of flashback sequences. We'll sort of get into that because then we're also introduced to uh, Andrea Beaumont, who's our female lead, uh, and she's on a um, a plane coming back to Gotham. She's talking to Arthur uh, on the phone, 
uh, about how she needs his help on some financial issues, I think she's saying. Yeah, apparently yeah. he's an attorney and financial advisor. Yeah. I mean, I, that's the thing is, it, if you look I, at this he's movie... He's like a business attorney, I guess. Is that what he is? I suppose. he's a financial advisor on like an accountant for... He's in the legal department. for But for Beaumont. Yeah, that's for that. He's in their legal department. Really? Could be, yeah, he could talks be. about money a lot. Yeah, well, but, but if he's like a business lawyer, he could be handling like tax law and stuff like that. I guess. I don't know. Uh, I don't think they. I don't think the f- filmmakers probably wanted us to focus that much on that. But uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> but they didn't know that Donovan Eiler was going to be on a podcast right. talking about it. And if there's if there's something to nitpick, you'll find it. Hey, I mean, <laughs> it's it's what eighteen years later, mm-hmm. and I'm ready. I'm ready to tear <laughs> this movie apart. Um, but, but yeah, so she's coming back, and 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 she mentions that she hasn't been in Gotham for ten years. And uh, he says something about thinking about looking up old friends. She's or something. fondling a magazine with Bruce Wayne's face. Yeah, on Yeah, and then so that as you do, you know. obviously there's some sort of history between them. And we were talking about uh, potentially uh, this could be based on a on a character from the Batman universe, so Silver Saint Cloud. Definitely, I I think that that's that's the relationship that you kind of see this um, you know relationship that Bruce has in in his life, um, and then she has to leave the relationship for some sort of reason and then comes back years later and it's the what are the you know what are our feelings towards each other what does this look like i mm-hmm. i think it's it's very much a silver saint cloud well uh, and in both cases you get batman kind of questioning should i actually be doing this like mm-hmm. if i could be happy and in love should i be batman anymore right which are, which are really compelling moments because uh, which which is to me yeah the thing that that as i've gotten older is the thing that's really drawn me to this story specifically of this time because to me this is really the story of it's the point that he almost didn't become batman yeah it's that it's that last moment of doubt that he had before he donned the cowl well in batman dealing with the issue of is there any way i could live my life with anybody is something that the comics deals with all the time yeah um, you know, it's it's really that idea of is it possible to be Batman and have a wife and have to come home every night? And, it's, <laughs> and the answer is sadly always no. No, never. <laughs> he works on it. Yeah, I mean, and even even beyond a, a wife, can I have a family? I mean, yeah. we see that with the Bat family. Can I have a, a son? Uh, you know, I mean, uh, or a brother or anything really? Yeah. Uh, and no, it doesn't seem like it because the, the Bat family is always getting broken apart by whatever horrible crisis is going on as well. Um, then we have this, uh, I love, one of my favorite things in Batman is when we get to see douchebag playboy Bruce Wayne. Um, so I love the scene with all these women hanging on Bruce Wayne and, um, there's some, there's some jokes in here. Uh, was it don't say the M word around Bruce? What about the I word? The I word. What's the I word? Yeah. Engagement. Engagement. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Some good, good banter there. And then I, I also love that a woman comes up. Mm Mm-hmm. Trash talks him, yep. throws a glass of wine in his face, yep. which doesn't stain his shirt, by the way. It does not. Not it at all. It drips off his face onto the floor. He's wearing a very like hydrophobic sort of thing. Yep. Right off. Something Wayne Enterprises cooked up for him. Yeah, exactly. And these other three this women... Is, this has happened before, so they, yeah. Yeah, he's pretty prepared now. <laughs> yeah. Only stain-resistant shirts. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, then you've got three other women who watch this happen, and they don't bat an eye at this. No. It's like, oh, poor Bruce. Mm-hmm. It's like, what if... What she just said was legitimate, then you're in trouble. But what I like about what she says is it's sort of always the way I viewed how Bruce Wayne treats women, which is he wants to be seen with them around, but as soon as they leave whatever social situation, you know he's kicking them to the curb Mm -hmm. so he can go out and be Batman. Yep. (laughs) 
That's it, what it always seems in, like to me. It's unfortunate that that is his life. Yeah, that is it, because it's all, yeah. So I mean, like you see that, and you see that very much on the Nolan movies. He's always has women around him when he's at you know uh, an event or something. But then where do those women go? I don't know. Alfred drives them home later. Yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> we need to make that movie. <laughs> the, the, the awkward the conversations. Alfred dealing yeah, with Alfred. <laughs> Alfred driving some bimbo home. Yep. Uh, yeah, that'd be. That'd be great. Stuck um, in traffic. I yeah. Make small talk with. It'd be a great comic, just those conversations Alfred <laughs> driving. It'd be a webcomic for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh. That'd be a good webcomic. I think yeah. I think we've hit on that there. And then also him driving Bruce home after events or, you mm-hmm. know, things like that, making comments about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Alfred is great in this movie, by the way. I too. think this, this movie just reestablishes how amazing of a character Alfred is. Yeah. You know, the ultimate deadpan humorist. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, totally. And touching moments, too. Well, and not to mention just the the moral backbone behind mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, and, and yeah, and, and whenever he comes into this movie, he, he's killing it in every scene. Um, but at, so at this party, uh, he runs into Ar- Bruce runs into Arthur, who kind of plays dumb and is like, "What was the name of that girl that you?" Uh, what, whatever. I, th- we don't really know much about what the history between Arthur and Bruce is. I mean, we know that he worked for Beaumont. Yeah. But well, and now I mean, obviously Bruce. And he's being, a city councilman now. Yeah, that's kind of what you feel like is right. with Wayne Enterprises and kind of his philanthropy that he knows. Yeah, everybody, I mean, he, yeah, everybody he would come in, across anybody, any yeah. kind of big players in Gotham like that. Um, but it, so he says something about that, something disparaging about that, and I, Bruce walks into a room with yeah. only a picture of his parents. Yep, and a fireplace. Yep, thing. No chairs. No tables, no curtains. There might have been a there might have been I a don't table think there in there. Is. I think there's a table in there. And uh Hugh flashback sequence. Yeah. Which this is always classic Batman imagery, him and the portrait of his parents or him at the parents' grave. Yeah. Which is both in this movie. It, mm-hmm. it it literally fades from one to the other. Yep, multiple times. Yeah. So we, we go we go back uh, presumably ten years in the sure. past, I guess. I mean, because yeah. she hasn't been there in ten years, so ten at least ten years. Yeah, at least ten years in the past. Uh, you can tell he's younger because uh, his hair is different. Mm-hmm. Yep, his hair he's is a little different. thinner. He's it, a little it's thinner. A little bit more mm-hmm. in this scene mm-hmm. than the previous being. Chin still face. huge, uh, <laughs> <Yes>. as always. <laughs> Something that they love in the animated yeah. Batman. Uh, Bruce Tim. Bruce Tim art style is always big chins, big shoulders, small waist. Yep, uh, for sure. That's always the uh, and tiny little legs. I've always noticed very thin legs. Everybody's inverted triangles. Yeah, the whole time they yeah. kind of are. Um, uh, but we see him at his parents' grave, um, putting uh, as always roses, two roses, uh, two roses, yep. always um, on the grave. And he hears a woman talking, and it's and uh, Andrea, uh, who's named after um, Andrea Romano, who's the voice director for Batman the animated series and pretty much every DC animated project, including that. all the stuff they're doing now. To this because day. this is a character created for. Yeah, I mean, this. I think she's in. Sp- she's never shown up in in the comic books. No, not that I, not anything no. I've ever read. No, possibly in maybe some of the animated series stuff because there they, there is a comic continuity for the yes. animated series as well. But that's but a ne- separate thing, right? But yeah, not in any not in any DC continuity I've come across because I think she is sort of the animated series version of, of Silver Saint Cloud. Because one of the things the animated series did was they didn't directly adapt stuff necessarily. They did sort of put their spins on things. Oh, definitely. Um, and so I think this is kind of their spin on Silver Saint Cloud. Um, and then the Phantasm is very much their spin on a character called the Reaper, um, who, if you, if people who have read Batman Year Two, um, 
that that's the main villain in that because this movie is primarily based on batman year one this is sort of their spin on batman year one um definitely well, and, and, I, and i didn't realize that you were going to get some of the batman origin story in mm-hmm. this movie and a really streamlined excellent batman origin story at definitely. that i mean and him it, in the stocking cap yep with the small and that feels belt. very like well and the interesting year one. thing is there, there's a couple of things that that i was looking for in this movie uh to to jump ahead just for a second there sure. was there was a scene where you see him trying to come up with a costume and he's mm-hmm. sitting in a room and, you know, the rain's falling down on the window and you expect the bat to come flying in the window mm-hmm. to give him that inspiration. And it, yes, Father, I shall become a bat. Yes, and it never, it never happened. Well, you the, see the bat. You see a bat you flap see, by really And briefly. you expect that that's going to be his motivation exactly. and mm-hmm. it doesn't happen then. Yeah. No, it happens later in a, in a, in a nice completely little, different nice teaser. Yeah, absolutely. No, because that, yeah, that totally screamed year one uh, in that sequence. Uh, but in this, we sort of see it's, it's really interesting. They get to kind of make a romantic comedy for parts of this here. I mean, yeah. they have a meet cute here in a cemetery. I think this is <laughs> this is some of the most that you hear Kevin Conroy as Bruce Wayne. Yeah, Batman is in this movie much less than you'd expect. Yeah, as, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, as mostly, it's mostly Bruce Wayne. Yeah. yeah, because because so much of it is about this time when he's figuring stuff. I mean, that's the thing too about. Not only is it this very streamlined version of the origin, it's also a very specific time in the origin, right mm-hmm. at the end of it, you know. Yeah. Um, which is which is kind of interesting. They cho- you know they don't show the parents getting killed. They don't need to do that. Uh, we don't see him training in Japan or, mm-hmm. or anything like that. Uh, th- that stuff happens all around. This is about this very specific moment in the quest to become Batman. Well, and I when uh, he was talking to Andrea Beaumont the first time, and he said, "I made a vow to my parents." Mm-hmm. I had, because I didn't know that there was going to be more of the origin story, I just assumed that he had been Batman at that point. So I wasn't expecting, all right, now we're going to see Bruce Wayne in a mm-hmm. stocking cap trying to beat up some thugs. And yeah, yeah she drives away in the car, and then it cuts to him stopping some thugs. Yeah. Right, a guy's ripping off a warehouse of some sort, mm-hmm. um, and he shows up in a stocking cap and like a leather jacket. And I love when he 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 has this awesome like flip into the scene and stuff, yep. and he's just like, "That's it, everybody, get on the ground!" And they're like, "Uh, no, like, what are you doing, dummy?" Like, yeah. Uh, the animated Batman world uses turtlenecks so well. <laughs> yes, it does. It's it, all turtlenecks, yes. and it's like, <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of it's harkening back to a better time. I wish uh, Tur- turtlenecks, turtlenecks and, and brown suits from the Mr. Thi- oh, we don't man. get the brown suit. We don't in this get movie. the brown suit. That's a brown jacket, a brown tie, and brown pants with a yellow shirt, and yep. all the browns are different. Yep. Every single one. And that's how I've been dressing ever since. Yeah, exactly. You're my like, style Batman inspiration. doesn't have to match. I don't have to match. Right. Uh, and then he went to a red suit uh, in mm-hmm. when they when they revamped the show with the new art yeah. style. He had a red suit. That was suit. a little too flashy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's I, pretty flashy for Bruce Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> um, and his hair kind of went to what it was in the past here, actually, in that redesign of him as well. Maybe it was like a midlife crisis. Yeah. It, I think. It, it had to be. Well, you know, may, uh, we could always just think of Mask of the Phantasm as just this. This dream that's going on in between series, <laughs> yeah. you know, Bruce Wayne's reevaluating his life. That's right. Yeah. It was a bad flashback and dream. Well, what's great is so you get this flashback. He jumps on the car. The police try to stop it. It's young Bullock. That's that cool. Stops. Yeah, Bullock he, spits his coffee out when he sees uh-huh. him hanging Classics off the back. Take from yeah. Bullock. Yep. yep. He, you know, he crashes the semi truck and he gets away. And what he takes away from all of that is not that he stopped that, not that the police yes. can stop it, but mm-hmm. it's like they weren't afraid of me. Yeah, I love that line. I need to find a way for them to be. 
afraid because I've got the moves, I've got all the skills, and that's basically criminals are superstitious, cowardly lot. Mm-hmm. Um, to a certain extent, I mean that's I love that. Yeah, yep. they're not afraid of me. Yep. Uh, and and we see the concern of Alfred here, mm-hmm. where Alfred, because I mean, it, this has always been an interesting part of the story. Of Batman to me is like Alfred let this guy do this kind of. Oh, definitely. And it's at what point did Alfred go? Okay, I can't stop you, so right. I'm going to help you. Well, there's yeah. the moment when he finally puts on the cape and cowl. It might be my favorite scene in the whole movie. And you don't yeah. see, you don't really see his face. You don't really see the rest of Batman, but you just see the look of terror on Alfred's face of mm-hmm. like, I can't stop this. But how did this happen? Yeah, you know, how am I going to be able to take care of him now that he's gone? He's gone past that line. Full, yeah. Because one of my other once he puts the costume on, it's like yeah. there's no coming back. One of my because no one of my point. other favorite lines is after the future fair that Andrea and, oh, and Bruce the World's go fair, to. Yeah, is amazing. The World's Fair, which I want to and talk about. In a we, yeah, yeah, we're gonna. Um, I feel like. Anyway, yeah, that's great. Um, but she she calls her dad, and he's mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, great, that's fine. We're changing the plan." And then. He turns to Alfred and he's like, what am I doing? Like, am I going crazy? And yeah. Alfred says, quite the opposite. Mm-hmm. Like, you're finally getting your sanity and your humanity back. This is Oh, my God. That line I is lo- so good. I love this idea. And, yeah, you've read all the Scott Snyder stuff you said. Yep. One of my favorite parts of any – instantly became one of my favorite parts of any Batman comic is it's at the end, it's at the end of the second volume of Zero Year uh, where Alfred uh, – there's that woman who – there's a woman waiting to see Bruce Wayne. And he has this whole vision of bringing her in and that they start mm-hmm. talking and then they have kids and stuff. Yep. And he's like, thank you, Alfred. And then that just fades away because he's already left the office and he's gone out to be Batman. And that uh, that is an amazing moment in a Batman comic to me of this whole thing about like, that's what Alfred wants for him. He yeah. just wants him to be happy. Um, and that's never going to happen. That tragic thing. Now, Chris Nolan made it happen sort of uh, in Dark Knight Rises, but he obviously even had that same take on Alfred that he hopes uh but i like in um have you read batman earth one the um jeff johns not yet that's that's um, on my list there's a there's a there's a great by the way you sign up for a movie podcast and you're getting a batman (laughs) podcast people who love batman yeah that's true yeah it's it's a little bit of both but i was gonna say there's a great line in that studied for that portion i thought we were just watching a movie (laughs) there's a great line in that from alfred where uh, where alfred says now that you've figured everything out about your parents maybe now you can stop you know there wasn't a there's no conspiracy your parents, it was just a random act of crime, so now you can stop. And he says, no, Alfred, now I can never stop. And I'm just like, that's it, man. That's Batman. Yep. That's the whole point of this story to me. And and, and uh, we'll get back to this. Mo- I promise we're going to get back to this movie. <laughs> but that's one of my key problems with Dark Knight Rises to me, is that, that I don't understand that ending to, to a certain extent. Oh, I'm, I'm with you yeah. completely. It's just like, if it's, if it's not about this unwavering, unstoppable never-ending war on crime that i don't really know what what the story of batman is well the what would have made that movie make sense is if it were set years and years after and Mm -hmm. he really was physically deteriorating and like could not be batman and he was bringing somebody in to replace him throughout the whole movie not just in sort of a last minute kind of like hey you're you're kind of a cool guy exactly hey here's the keys to my car kind of a thing yeah yeah, yeah. it doesn't work that way it doesn't work that way at all uh, so in this movie, though, uh, yeah, like Batman's <laughs> gonna throw away Gotham. He's like, oh, I'm done with it. Just take care of it, kid. Keep yeah. it real nice for me. Like, <laughs> keep it real nice. <laughs> no way. Well, and one of my favorite lines in this movie, and I, I've only seen it once now, folks. So I yeah. apologize if I misquote it. <laughs> oh, sure. But it's, uh, I think it's um, Bruce Wayne is talking to Alfred, and he says, "You know, am I am I going crazy or 
or something like that. And and Alfred says like, no, you're the most sane person I know. And yeah. here I've also ironed your tights in. Yeah, and, and put away your exploding yeah. gas bombs. Yeah. And your, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. Where he said, I think yeah, I think he says you're the picture of sanity yes. or something like that. Uh, <laughs> it's like, yeah. But yeah, that's that is great. The, yeah, the, the Alfred. Well, I love that Alfred's the only person who can talk to him like that. Well, and and that relationship is is something that I don't think that you see as much in the animated series. I mean, you see little bits and pieces, but you really see how Alfred plays a role in Bruce's life in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're... He's there for all of those big moments. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because uh, we, so what, what, what happens next from where we, uh, Bruce is practicing jujitsu. Yes. Uh, in his, in his backyard. Uh, but he's, his hand is bandaged, his head is bandaged. Cause he got, mm-hmm. he had this insane action sequence the night before. Uh, and, uh, this is when he's talking to Alfred about that stuff, about they're not afraid of me and all that. And, uh, Andrea shows up and 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 continuing this this like charming romantic comedy that's going on here yeah. where he says uh I'm practicing jujitsu and she's like bless you and then he's just like what <laughs> I love because I love that Batman would of course be the straight man where he's like yeah. what <laughs> and she says it's a joke and he's like jujitsu is no joke <laughs> and then she flips him over yeah she just takes him out yep well and it's it's Batman it. I feel like he Bruce Wayne is hit on so much that he almost doesn't even realize he's being hit on anymore. Right, and right. I mean, that's where that comedy really comes out. He has no idea what's going that's on. That's not where his focus is. Well, because no. what was it she? She's like, I gave you my number and you didn't call yeah, me he, it for three days. And he's and what does he say? He says, Do you track down? Do you assume everyone you give your number to is going to call you? And she says, The one smart enough to use a telephone. Yes, <laughs> that's great stuff. This is like this Great is like line. a this is like a screwball comedy like mm-hmm. this banter kind yeah, of stuff yeah. is and she flips him over and says like Mrs. McGolcady's you know sc- yeah sc- well, school of self defense for women or you know whatever the she's line that is that strong like. female character that mm-hmm. kind of reminds me of like a Catherine Hepburn you know, right that she. She knows who she is, and she's able to play it up. Right, and Catherine Hepburn would be a great person to play her in this movie. By the way, if they did a live, for sure, yeah, live action set yeah. in back yeah. in the and if time travel, yeah, had yeah. it been made in the thirties, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's exactly that. And that's the kind of it's it's also fit, that's the kind of woman that I feel like Bruce Wayne would be like. Oh, maybe there is somebody for me. It's Definitely. not going to be one of these women who are throwing themselves at him. It's going to be that woman well, who the, is going to charge over to his house and flip him over. And those are the women who. He's constantly in relationships with, you know, the the very strong, um, strong-willed women who who know who they are. And, I mean, and are not a, I was just gonna say, and, yeah, we're gonna be. I mean, exactly. at some point, he'll meet I mean, Catwoman. Talia and at this point, it's like is they're not intimidated by the Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. nor the Batman, right? And that's that's really the only way that they can yep. stick around. Think about Doctor Chase Meridian <laughs> in Batman Forever. <laughs> I mean, she's uh, pretty strong. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you on that movie. I don't know that I particularly <laughs> love the character of Chase Meridian. I don't really have a problem with her she either. She adds but... a lot. Mm, yeah, she's fine. <laughs> they felt they needed a romance, and that's okay. So uh, Batman, Mask of the Phantasm. Mask of the Phantasm. Yeah. Uh, so I, does that – let's see. Do we? Okay, then it cuts back to the cemetery with Boz – what's that guy's name? Boz um, – Oh, Bronsky. Yeah. Bronsky, Bronsky, yeah. Bronsky. Boz Bronsky, yeah. And, uh, I think, is, it, is it Boz or Buzz? I think it's Buzz. Thought, yeah, is it Buzz? It Buzz. Is Buzz? I, I heard Buzz, but could have been an accent thing. Yeah, I was. I had earphones in those. the whole movie. Um, but anyway, <laughs> Bronsky's at the. We'll just call him Bronsky. Yeah. Uh, he's at the cemetery for the guy who got killed at the beginning. Do you remember that guy's name? Yeah. Was that Saul. Chucky Saul? Chucky Saul. Chucky Saul. It's yeah. It's always a Saul or a Sal. Or yeah. Something. Like yeah. Because then we have Sal, Sal Valestra. Yeah. yeah uh, later, uh, who's sort of 
They're the, all Italian, you know. Who, Sal Valester seemed like he was kind of the boss of things. Yeah, I would say so. Um, uh, but so so you've got um, Brodsky uh, visiting the and then the phantasm shows up and I love what the, when the phantasm is just like your angel of death awaits. Yeah, it's it's very, very ominous. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, I mean, this is based on a. I yeah, I think this is. Ba- I mean, everyone sort of assumes this character is based on the Reaper, who is very much a similar design, had more of a skull mask than this thing. I like the hook hand. Yeah, the, like the claw, like the scythe on. The see scythe, that that's yeah. very yeah. very much reminiscent of the Reaper from the comic. So cool. Yeah. Um, and she, or he, or at this it. point, it <laughs> pushes a statue into yes. a grave yeah. where Bronski is. Ooh. Yeah, this that's guy gets brutal. it. This guy gets it bad. That's so yeah. brutal. Uh, and I love when his henchmen run over and they're like, "Oh no!" Yeah, they <laughs> turn away. <laughs> oh. And then they see a cape and they assume it's it's the Batman. They Batman. start shooting at him. Yeah, so that continues this thing about. Is Batman the only one with the cape in Gotham? That's <laughs> what I mean. At this point, I think at this so. Point, not this, at the villains. This has him. to be early on in Batman's career. Yeah, I don't know exactly where this is. I mean, we can presume well, he's ten years in. We can assume that, but we also, I mean, there's no sign of Robin or anything like that. And but, I, I mean, the animated series always sort of had Robin in and out of it yeah. to begin with. So, I mean, yeah, Dick could be away at college during this whole thing. It's true. Uh, so, fighting his own. I love the, there's that episode of the animated series where there's the people trying to screw with the college football game. And we get to see a Dick Grayson in college adventure. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's a fun episode. Yep. Um, but, yeah, so that, that's, yeah, that's kind of what I'm assuming is happening here. Um, Let's go with that. Yeah. So then... Batman shows up to investigate, and then here's somebody he goes to see his parents' grave, naturally yeah. yep. at the same cemetery, and hears the same voice, mm-hmm. and so he's like, oh, Andrea's back in town. Mm-hmm. And she sees him, and it's like, she doesn't know before this that he's Batman. No. no. So but she, she figures, figures it out right then and there. Which is very interesting that that's what it takes to figure out that Batman just happened to be, I mean, because it doesn't lead us to believe that she saw him looking at the grave or, or investigating the grave at, mm-hmm. at all. He just happened to show up be at that grave mm-hmm. she sees the name and puts two and two together yeah it's a um, good guess well i mean and i mean we'll we'll sort of maybe come to that reveal as we can but perhaps she knows a bit about something about yeah. about masked vigilanteism and what would lead one to do that so mm-hmm. i don't know i i could see that perhaps and there's another scene with her later in a flashback sequence that maybe gives her a couple other hints. Well, mm-hmm. I, I definitely think that. Well, even even the even the being that... able to flip Bruce Wayne was sort of a, somewhat of an indication of a uh, skill with. Oh, oh no, I know, I'm sorry. The, the, she knows he's Batman. Oh, okay, yeah, I mean. yeah. But also, yeah, yeah. Her, I'm just saying, like, there's there's some things here about she's acquired certain skills. Yeah. Um. So do we, I think we then do go to solve Alestra. Mm-hmm. Because he sees the paper and he's like, "Oh boy, yeah, they're yeah. killing all the guys who he, I used he to puts run it together." With. Yeah, he knows yeah. before everybody else. <laughs> What's the headline say? Has bats gone bats? Yep. <laughs> uh, great. You gotta love that the the people at the Gotham Gazette have a, a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. I don't actually know if it's. Does it say Gotham Gazette? I think it does. Uh, yeah, and I mean the, that's the that's always. Yeah, I mean that's always been the paper yeah. and the. Um, yep. Is Vicky Vale taking the pictures? Probably. Yeah. Well, okay. When when this red kind of red-haired girl was originally introduced and i didn't know the name mm-hmm. i wondered if it was vicky vale because mm. i know that she's another one who's figured that out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as far as who bruce wayne was so does summer ever figure it out no i don't think so because summer was always sort of the animated series version of vicky vale the summer gleason mm-hmm. on television yeah i mean she was like the the tv journalist that i mean i always took that to be the, what they sort yeah. of their version of vicky vale um and there's one shot of her in this movie She's at Summer the, Gleason? There's one shot of her. She's at the press conference that Arthur's giving. Oh, she I has didn't no lines. That. Yeah, she's the, she's just there. 
And because I thought that was weird, I'm like, well, they put her there. They could have okay, because yeah. um, she's in the show quite a bit. At least I mean, a lot. frequently she's just in... to give you expositional kind of stuff. But I think she's in the second episode. Yeah, Joker steals her and Commissioner Gordon. Absolutely, does in the second episode. Yep. Is she not in the first one with Man Bat? Man Bat? No, I, don't I don't think she's think so. in that. But she's definitely in. The, she plays a prominent role in that because yeah, she's one of the hostages yeah. that Batman is trying to save in that. Yeah. Um. Uh, so yeah. So Saul is just like ah, we should probably look into doing something about this because uh, Batman's killing all these people. Does he go to Arthur first? He talks to Arthur at some point. I think he talks to him on the phone. Yeah, he talks to him on the phone and is like, I think we got a problem. Cause the, yeah, I think what it was is he, he talks to Arthur and he says, we've got a problem, but then he asks, like, is it the Batman? He's trying mm. to confirm that. Right. And Arthur what, Arthur says, that we have eyewitnesses? Is that uh, what he says? Yeah. Or? yeah. Cause, I mean, so yeah, it's, I mean, that's the other thing. Arthur's definitely in league with the mob in some mm-hmm. capacity. Um, at, at the very least, giving information to them. You don't like Arthur? No, I'm at no point. He's never. also voiced by the 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 guy who does the voice of him is an actor named Hart Bachner, <laughs> who's probably most well known for playing the, the douchebag character Ellis in Die Hard. Oh yeah, yeah, the guy who tries to reason with Hans Gruber and gets shot in the head. That's that's him. So he because he has that great voice for that. He sounds yeah. like a smooth kind of talker guy. Hey, hey, I'll I'll handle this for you. Um, and so he's great in this. Um, we should talk about there's the flashback to uh, Andrea and Bruce at the World's Fair which that that to me that just made me happy when you heard that it was the Gotham World's Fair Mm because that takes me back to the first episode of Batman 66 that's when mm-hmm. the Riddler shows Absolutely. up yep. at Gotham's World's Fair yep and so that was high diddle riddle was the first episode of that exactly. show. yeah so that that made me smile cause man that's so good if, mm-hmm. even if that wasn't watch that episode folks that's yeah it's so great good. it's it's that that first episode of 66 is awesome I mean there's so many great episodes but really like well, they kicked it off so Riddler is is that phenomenal. a two-parter it is yeah. hey, diddle, but, riddle. but all of them were yeah, all like, of them until the third season were yeah yeah, man, it's so, it's so yeah. good. Will and Batman the, and escape? The, Find out tomorrow. Yeah. Same and bad the, time, same bad channel. Is that what it, <laughs> That's got the woman who's dressed up as Robin in it yes. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's fun stuff. And it's got and the the aesthetic is even more futuristic Art Deco at the World's Fair. Oh, like, this it's is yeah. so cool. Oh, this to me is maybe one of the ultimate Bruce Tim Batman scenes. Well, Just, it, it's the idea of what would the future look like. To people from like the 30s, yeah, and that's so that's what I loved about it. You know, it's the, the home of the future, the car of exactly. the future, and the car of the future I, is one of my favorite parts yes. of it. Yeah, because he sees the yep what is going to be the Batmobile, basically, and, and it's like, kinda, what is it? And he's it like, kind of looks like the, the original Batmobile, actually, like mm-hmm. from the from the Bob Kane Bill yeah. Finger era. Oh, it's beautiful. The the big fins on the back and stuff. Um, Naturally, you need those. Yeah, exactly. But I mean that 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 yeah. I always like that design of the Batmobile, where mm-hmm. it, it looks like somebody just started adding points to like a, an old car, you know, mm-hmm. like a yeah. like a thirties, uh, you know, upscale car or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I love all this stuff and the planes buzzing around and the the um, the animatronic figures mm-hmm. in the House of the Future and stuff like that. And then of course we'll come back to this place uh, in. Uh, in present day, as it is, when Saul Valestra, about half, I would say it's about the halfway point of the movie, mm-hmm. yeah. that Saul Valestra, uh, I love the scene, he's, it's very ominous where he's driving, and it's the abandoned World's Fairgrounds. Which, ten years later, and that thing is in terrible shape. It's real bad. Did they just abandon 
the World's Fair. Like Day they didn't after Bruce left. They didn't. They didn't. <laughs> they, they didn't pick it up. They didn't. You know, rezone it for something else. Build a mini mall. Well, you there know that. You know, there's a lot of abandoned carnival grounds know, and such in like Gotham City. One, like, Toy factories. The attraction so of the World's Fair, where there are hundreds of people, <laughs> obviously paying good money to be there, mm-hmm. and ten years later, you can't. Like nothing nope. is. He keep they salted the earth so nothing can grow. It's really just a bad. It's yeah. bad news there. Oh, I love the bit. Oh, Joker keeps pulling bits off of the mannequin's face. Well, that's going to lead me like, to what I'm talking about here, which is I love this. This uh, he's driving to this ominous place, Salvalestra, and he has a line. I'm trying to remember exactly what it is. Where it's like, I can't believe it's come to this, or oh, I I, I hate that it's come to this, or whatever. And he's walking around, and then all the animatronic figures start singing again. Which I love that little song that is "Welcome Gotham to the Future." Yeah. Uh, which feels very much of its time in that mm-hmm. thing. And then all the heads get shot off of the thing, and out of the shadows walks the Joker with a machine gun. Did you know the Joker was in this? No. So and, Well, except for the – before we started recording, no, but then you at least hinted at that with me not being able to see the darker Joker with Mark. Yeah, Campbell, I did. So. I did. As soon as I said it, I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have <laughs> – But you didn't know how he was going to – I mean, that's no. the thing is he comes out of nowhere. Well, and it, the title does not – allude to any no joke i really like that they did this where it's like it, 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 you're thinking this is just a batman because i mean batman versus the mob has always been a big thing yeah in the, and so you think this is just a batman mob story and then you know we come almost like in in i mean and it's almost like in uh, how nolan does it in the dark knight to a certain extent where it's like things get so bad we have to turn to this guy yeah and that and at that point the mob essentially stops being a part of the movie the first <laughs> half of the movie is a is a mob story and then they all die yeah. Yeah, because Joker. Because Joker. Joker. So he offers him $5 million up front plus whatever he wants whatever after he's taken to out. To kill Batman. Batman. Um, and then. Well, it doesn't jo- he say, like, you have to do something about it because after he takes out us, he's going to start coming after how you? Long, yeah. How long before he comes after you? Right. As if he hasn't been coming after him, this, yeah, exactly. like, for the last 10 years. Uh, but. Uh, he, well, so I love Joker has taken up residence in this, which. Uh, we see his interactions with this animatronic um, housewife and this robot dog and this weird tram car. Like, I just love thinking, like, what is he doing out there by himself for, like, days and days? And mm-hmm. days? You know he's just playing out weird scenarios and stuff uh, for his own crazy amusement. It's very weird. Hazel. Is that what yeah, Hazel, yeah. Hazel? And he gets, her, parts of her skin keep coming off. Mm-hmm. And he's always like, ooh, and he just puts it in his jacket. Uh, which I love, and she's always chopping something mm-hmm. with a mm-hmm. with a knife, um, which is great. That almost what it feels like. I mean, and obviously because it's animation, it was written and drawn. What it feels like is if there was an actor on set and he was playing with a prop and it broke, and he just like improved his way through yeah. that bit, yeah. and then there became a, a moment in in film history. Obviously, they you know Paul Dini and his team scripted that out, but. Mm. That's so funny. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a funny beat in the middle of this weird. I mean, yeah, sequence. you bring up Paul Dini. I mean, this is really like the uh, creative team of the of the animated series, like the top yeah. people. You got Paul Dini. You've got uh, you know writing it. You've got um, Eric Radomski and Bruce Tim directing it. I mean, these are these are the the guys who are responsible for the animated series making this. Well, and if there's one thing that you can say about Paul Dini and his Joker is the fact that he. At, at no point draws any punches as far as, like, this is a serious criminal, crazy guy mm-hmm. out to kill whoever. But at the same time, there's so much humor Absolutely. behind his Joker 
which just makes it so much better. Absolutely. Well, because you see, I mean, he's funny. Yeah. He's got a lot of good jokes that, that actually make you laugh. Um, but then it's to see the way Valestra is reacting to him. He is terrified Definitely. of this guy. And there is that one point where what he says something to him. I can't remember exactly what it says. And you see the Joker no longer joking. He's yes. For w- literally like one, like just a few words, he is furious. And then he snaps back into being happy again. Yeah, like, you, can, you never know what's going to mm-hmm. Exactly. And, yeah. I, and when those moments happen, when you see the Joker go too far and then come back to happy, you know he actually hasn't left that moment. Well, right. And also talk about Mark Hamill being able to pick out those moments and mm-hmm. go, when am I going to turn on the Joker mm-hmm. and when... Do yep. I? What am I? Low? Just a clown? Exactly. Yeah. I think he puts his. I think he grabs him. Isn't that what he says? He's like, "Get yes. your hands off me!" Well, he he grabs Come him, on, but buddy. he says something. About he says something it. to yeah. him. Yeah. I can't remember. Don't you ever threaten something? I think it might be the moment when he's like, "If he's coming after us, how long before he comes after you?" Yeah. Because he's trying to like convince him other ways, and then that's his mm-hmm. big. I think so. Yeah. Like, and just I lo- watch the movie. <laughs> but What's so- wrong with us? It was hey, it was an hour and fifteen. That's, yeah, that's, that's a true. long. That's, this is a brisk movie. <laughs> yeah, but once the Joker comes in, you're right. The energy is cranked way up. Yes. Well, and the focus is all over the place because you don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, anytime the Joker's yeah. in anything, you can't predict what's going to happen next. Right. Uh, and and you don't. He kills Saul Valestra. Mm-hmm. Which that threw me off. I thought it was going to be Joker behind the paper waiting mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. Batman. Um, Mask of the Phantasm. Or Mask of the Phantasm, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess he was waiting for Batman, but then. I love that, though. He He's turned waiting around. for something because he has the yes. camera and he says, oh, it's not Batman yep. yeah. after all. Right. And then your face is going to be all over town. Yep. And your kidneys. Yeah, and, and your fingers and, and your hand and your spleen. And your spleen. Like, yeah. Because yeah. blow, he blows the room. Yeah. Which is a great, great Joker. I love the movement of the camera too. Like, yeah. like they pull the thing back, and there's the camera, and then it has to turn, and, get, mm-hmm. and it's like, "Oh, who are you?" Like, <laughs> it reminds me of uh, the beginning of uh, Return of the Jedi when that little eye comes out. And oh yeah, yeah. The droids oh, and looking around, and then <laughs> yeah, yeah, back in. Um, uh, so we, so then yeah, he, he unsuccessfully tries to kill the phantasm. Um, at which point, let's see what happens after that. This is always. Uh, <laughs> Do we go back to flashbacks here? I can't remember because Bruce, not long after this, meets up with Andrea. Yeah, because he gets the picture. Well, no, so it, that hasn't happened yet. So I think we, I think we do go back to flashbacks because we, we, we get so far as we really see that Bruce is falling in love with this girl yes. in the past um, and is ready for the commitment. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and proposes I, the scene. Yes. Uh, one of my favorite scenes is him in the rain at his parents' grave, going like I. Like, I know I said that. I made that yeah. vow, but, like, I didn't think this would happen. I didn't yeah. think I'd be happy. Uh, it doesn't It doesn't hurt as much anymore, he says, which is an amazing – I mean, like, to think that there was a point where Bruce Wayne was this confused uh, person there. What I think it cuts back to is the interactions with Andrea's father and the mob when they come back. Yes, because, well, you, we see him meet Andrea's father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, and but that's after – yeah. That's, That's before, before the, the proposal. Yeah. yeah. That's after the World's Fair, I think. I Is think, that right after? I think so. This is great. I, I, we're going to jump to it wherever this is. Yeah. One of the best scenes in this whole thing mm-hmm. is when they're coming out, I think, coming out of her house and their guy's getting his, his money box robbed. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he's like, I got to do something about this. And she's like, I think, well, well, don't get hurt. That's after they come out of the, yeah, her father's office. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, don't get hurt. 
And he goes and he is just there's a scene where he runs up a motorcycle yep. and yeah. punches the guy in the face. One of the coolest things I've ever seen Bruce and, Wayne or Batman do. And Definitely. anything, right? And he, yeah, he's in he's totally like civvies. Like he's he's, he's looks in like, like a sweater and he looks, khakis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's then, got loafers on and he's as he's doing this. So for like you know, thirty seconds or a minute, he's demonstrating that he's got this. He's mm-hmm. able to take this. Yeah. And the guy with the bat on the motorcycle drives by, he looks at Andrea for just a for second. just a second, and it, and bam, he gets thrashed. Okay, but what do you guys? What did you think was going through his head at that moment? I can't figure out if he's thinking, if I beat these guys, then she'll know that something's up. But I think actually, I th- I don't think it's that deep. I think it's he was just making sure she was okay. Gets beat up because he's so I, mad at her. He's so mad at her when she's like, "Oh, I'm glad you're okay." And he's like, oh, "They got away." Like, yeah. Well, and I think that that's. I I agree. I think it's that that thought of maybe, wait, I can't be Batman right now. You know, I'm not in costume. I'm not. I'm mm-hmm. in broad daylight. I can't be Batman. I have to be Bruce. But I feel like Bruce is smart enough that if he was going to do it, he would have just like rolled and missed the punch <laughs> I mean, or once, like done once something. Once he. Uh... Once he ran up the motorcycle, I think <laughs> anything she about probably like probably knows that yeah. he's got some skills. Well, or again, like she knows know, he does jujitsu. He, he lets the guy like speed on by, like he steps out of the way, and he the guy gets away. Like, oh, I wasn't fast enough to stop him. I'm not sure he would take a motorcycle baseball bat to the rib cage just to prove a point. That seems to mess him up pretty <laughs> bad. <laughs> yeah, pretty he's, it can't be comfortable. Um, and she's like, "I'm glad you're okay." And he's just so he's yeah. so mad. Uh, what was he say? Uh, sort of back to this. The, the then where he's at the um, yeah, it's such a good scene though the motorcycle yeah. jump yeah it's so awesome um, which is probably something that you would not see in a live action movie no it would be it, so difficult it would to look pull very off. silly it potentially yeah and I, I don't yeah no you could pull it off it would just yeah there would be a lot more tactical this was just like a super awesome action it sequence. totally fits right movie, um, yeah. but so the scene at the grave where he's talking about. Um, you know, I made this vow, and there's a, there's a comic book writer I really like, uh, Dean Tripp, who's a huge Batman fan, and he always talks about like the concept of a vow, the sacred vow to f- wage war on crime, feels like something a twelve year old would do, like oh, like that comes out. So that there is this moment when he's like in his twenties, and he's like, maybe I was a little going a little far with that. I'll give yeah. money, like we said, I'll give money to the police. I'll you know, I'll help the city in other ways. Like I don't have to go out and punch people. Because, um, yeah, I, I sort of like that idea where it's like, yeah, I, I said that when I was 12. Yeah, exactly. I made this vow. I was wrong. You know, yeah. like. Well, and he, he, so we get the idea that Andrea talks to her mom mm-hmm. and can hear the conversation back. Mm-hmm. Bruce seems like he's hearing a conversation from his parents on the other side that is not relenting. I mean, right. it's just like, he keeps saying like, why? Or like, ah, I can't yeah. do this. And what's great is right before that. He gets a call from Andrea, mm-hmm. and he's like, "I can't, you know, can't." That's take the, the phone scene call. where he's where he's trying to and, draw the costume. Yep, mm-hmm. and he's like, "I can't take the call," and he goes outside. It's pretty clear that Alfred is like, yeah. "He should still come on over because yeah. she meets him in the rain, and it's like, yeah. no, it's because like, yeah, your whole thing about maybe they did hear you, maybe they sent me, maybe you know, this mm-hmm. is like, um, yeah, once again, yeah, this is the, the <laughs> it's a really beautiful movie, like, yeah, yeah, a lot of romantic moments like absolutely um and then uh yeah so then they have this nice moment in the rain uh and then there's a point where they're uh they're hiking around um and uh uh they come to because uh, she's gonna go to europe mm-hmm. yes yeah and this is this is where we come to uh 
uh, oh, she's, so he says, I, I, what does he say? I'm no good at this stuff, so here. I love Bruce. You'll get Audrey. the idea. <laughs> yeah. And he, he hands her an engagement ring, which is such a great... Um, I mean, oh, diamond the size is, of a so, plum. So that will be 100% the way I propose to somebody, by the way. <laughs> I'm no good at this stuff, so I don't know. Yeah. Well, and what does he say? <laughs> so what do you think? Is that yeah. what it is? Yeah. yeah. Like not even a... Is it a yeah. It's one of those things that, like Batman is somebody who completely gets it and also completely doesn't get it at the same time. Yeah. It's yeah, and I love I love the Kevin Conroy's portrayal of that. Of mm-hmm. like he's a big oh sometimes. Like not he's Kevin not, Conroy has so many levels to play in this. Not that he didn't in the show, but just in these seventy five yes. minutes of film, the the range of emotions uh, that he plays as Bruce Wayne and Batman is pretty incredible. Well, and not to mention you get glimpses of the actual Bruce Wayne. Like yeah. at that moment, I don't think that he, you know, that's not Bruce Wayne putting on an act. That's Bruce Wayne going, I don't understand this situation. Yep. Like I this isn't something I do. Right. And so you actually get to see Rob Bruce Wayne, which is great. Oh, yeah, yeah. and and something you you never see in the animated series at any point. Um So he proposes, she says yes. And then the ominous thousands of bats pour out of a cave at that very moment yep. in broad daylight. Yep. Just cause. Which, is, which is pretty amazing. Yep. Um, and then, then she does go away. Because she goes home and she has to get out of there. I mean, it well, we don't, we don't that see, now, we don't, but We don't see home. what happens from her perspective. Yeah, yep. we, see, we see Bruce drop her off and everything seems yep. to be okay from his perspective. Mm-hmm. We she... do see the guy standing outside smoking who and looks kind of And ominous. we see that there's some sort of deal going on on the inside. Yep. Right, but we're not, we don't really know what's, what's going on there. Yeah. And then next day, Bruce is climbing in that cave. He's, he's, yeah, he's, he's, and he, sa- he says, boy, it could be bigger than the house down here. Yeah. We don't know mm-hmm. how much. With all yeah. the bats that we saw fly yep. Yeah, exactly. And then that's when Alfred's there. And hands him the ring back. And she says, she's written him a note that says it's too young, she's not ready. Or they're too young and she's not ready. Forget about me. Yeah. Uh, I need time. Forget about me. Ooh, rough. Yep. Rough stuff. Uh, <laughs> uh, and he, uh, of course, broken by this. Mm-hmm. Uh, does it then just cut to him putting on the costume? No, there's a bit more, isn't there? I think I don't. I think that's the end of that flashback. Hmm. Because no, yeah, because then I think that's when he meets up with her, and then because then you get to like see him on the other side of like right. Well, he he shows up because he found he found the picture of her father with the other mob mm-hmm. bosses who've been killed, and so he shows up at her place. Well, after he watches the dinner conversation with her and Arthur. Oh yes, this is a great uh, Batman stalking someone scene. Uh, <laughs> there, yes, thank you. <laughs> um, I love, but I no, lo- is that where it cuts back because he yeah, you that- see his face and it goes dark and then it cuts. To the rain yes. on his face and in right, the cowl, yeah, in the cowl yeah. on the side of the building, and he's got the binoc- He's watching through the window of the binocula. Mm-hmm. This, the animation of this is great. The artwork it really here, is. Um, where you see through the window and you see him put his hand on her hand, Arthur, mm-hmm. and then you see the reflection of that in the lens of the binoculars that he's mm-hmm. holding. Um, man, poor Batman in this movie. I mean, yep. Batman's <laughs> never this emotionally raw in anything, really. No, nope. no, and I think that that's y- you see that realization of nope i can never have yeah a family a relationship mm-hmm. right so uh, back to the vow right exactly yeah and, and then he can then he goes to confront mm-hmm. andrea with and the picture like, you had me bugged he's like i can read lips love that because so that, that that goes back to the bat god that i love where he can do anything yep uh there's not there's nothing he can't do so of course he can read lips um and, and she lies and, and says she says, doesn't know anything about the photograph yep and she also says that her it's her father's kind of, uh, around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she says, "I don't know." He's trying Madagascar. She says about where he is. Yep. 
Um, and he, then he he's like, all right, <laughs> just leaves. Uh, and then she <laughs> cries on her bed. Yeah. Um, and then do we get? Well, so then the Joker comes to see Arthur. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, is Arthur's like, it's Batman. He's like, no. no well, hold on. Wait, does the, what? no? Because she she goes back and and meets up with Bruce again. She goes back and meets up with just Bruce. Yeah, because she's driving away from his house mm-hmm. when Arthur. She calls Arthur and she's like, "I can't make lunch." Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But what happens right before that? That's the thing. We just watched it, um, and I've seen it like four hundred times before this. But still, <laughs> sometimes a lot of middles of movies are tough to remember. Sometimes yeah. where it's like, "How did that?" Because I know I definitely know where it's going. They ended up kissing at some point, which is what brought. But them that was together. that was that was after that's after the the SWAT team tries to kill him. Is that what happens next? I, is that what, yeah, that is what happens. So that's next. what happens next. He's at the construction site. But she's going to kill somebody. Who is who is he after? Is that when she tries to kill cuz she's in the You see the you see her, yes. This is when she tries to kill Valestra. Yes, that's what it is. Cuz you see her be like, "Uh, oh, dad, you know, like what's mm-hmm. going on?" Mm-hmm. And then you see the phantasm show up. He's mm-hmm. dead. She jumps out the window. Mm-hmm. You assume that's not her cuz you just saw her out of the costume. Yep. And then Batman is being chased by a squat team. Yeah, which is awesome. And this feels very year Because one. he shows up to... That's right, because Batman shows up to the burning building that Joker just blew up. And then the helicopter comes over. The helicopter spots him. No, wait a minute. No, because this is, this is when the, uh, the Joker sends that um, helicopter, the little helicopter with the bomb on it. Isn't it? No. Because he, he's on the phone. Remember, he picks up the phone. Batman, where is he when he's doing that? Batman goes. What happens on that one is that that it blows up, and then you cut to the Phantasm at the land of tomorrow, the World's Fair. Oh then yeah, Batman is going from the explosion to another explosion. to there because yeah, oh. because Joker thinks he maybe got the Phantasm, which yeah. is why when she shows up, that's right, that's he right. Makes a You're right. So that what is happens later is because... he shows up to the burning building of yeah. Lustra's house, yeah, and then SWAT team is responding is to... responding to all that stuff, mm-hmm. and is like, well, it's Batman, obviously, and, and they just open up on yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> they they're like it's been too long. They're so <laughs> overzealous with how they just want to kill this guy. And it's Bullock leading them, not Gordon's not there. Yeah, but yeah. he but Bullock doesn't seem too keen on the idea. Like the guy blows up the oxygen tank and the or Well, he just, I think he's just wanting to blow anything up when he's yeah. like, "Hey, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa." Yeah. Um cuz man, yeah, this this feels very year 1 to me. Yep. I I've always wondered why they chose to play such a the dumb character with Bullock in the animated series. Mm-hmm. You know, like in some of the comics, you kind of see a little bit of the brains. Or sure, I mean, he's of, a good detective in the exactly. comics for sure. And he hates and Batman. You see and he's... some of the motivations. Whereas this, he's just like he, you know, he's always eating some sort of donut or something. Mm-hmm. There's always a spit take. He's always he's just kind of that dumb bumbling. Yep. right. Bullock. I think some of that comes out of the that that that's the that's a, that's an aspect that does feel like a kid show to a certain extent. Where oh, it's, definitely, it's a lot simpler to just make him a bumbling cop. Who's always eating donuts, um, as opposed to the alcoholic like burnout that he is in the, <laughs> in the comics. Um, so, one of the, another one of my favorite parts is when he shoots his his bat, um, the grappling yeah. gun? the grappling gun at the helicopter. Uh-huh. Yep, and you see the cowl go up, and, and you they see everybody and they firing it. They just blow including it, including the guy who's in the helicopter yeah. firing out the window, with blow his. it to pieces, uh-huh. and then you see it's on a sawhorse. Yep. And that he's running completely uncowled yep. away from there. 
he jumps onto like a, a chain mm-hmm. and then has an incredible fall. Yep. Like the, he jumps and lands perfectly from mm-hmm. hundreds of feet in the air. Yeah. This was also before like the big craze of like parkour and realizing you need to roll when you fall. Mm-hmm. So he just like he just lands fifty just, feet yeah. and just hits the ground. Mm-hmm. Knees shatter, ankles break. <laughs> His, you know, not for Batman. He's just fine. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, he's but, trained for this. But then he runs down an alley and Andrea's there in her car. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, waiting just for. Just happens to be there. Yep. Well, she said she saw in the news what was yep. happening, and she must have been close at least. Mm-hmm. She got there pretty quickly, especially if the news was already on its way. Yep. Or was already there and broadcasting. Um, so then they go back to Wayne Manor. Mm-hmm. And this is where... She explains that we had to go to Europe. Yes, this is what it is. Yeah, they had, So you get the yeah. flashback to what she sees, which is still fake a little bit. Well, yeah, no, it's fake no, later. It's fake later. It's, no, no, it's no, not, no. None of it's fake. No, you get, you get the before. So you get the, her dad saying we have to leave. That's and why they have to leave. And so that, but that's all you get. And then she tells him that we bounced around Europe and yeah. finally able to get money. And right, exactly. And then presumably they've been happy in Europe this whole time mm-hmm. uh, until now when father's back because that's what Batman assumes and she just rolls with it. Yeah, because he say, he says it's your father, yeah. isn't it? He's come back to kill these people. You came when you heard that he killed yeah. right Saul. Right, and 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 the, the this is this is my question to you, Ian. Did you figure out this mystery? No, I see, and that that made me so <laughs> upset. Well, because at first, when the Mask of the Phantasm shows up, obviously you have no context when you see them the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that I had figured it out because um, there's at one point where uh, Batman's, I think, running away from the Mask of Phantasm or something, and mm-hmm. and or. I don't remember what was happening, but the the mask says, wait, this isn't your fight, or this isn't your... Mm -hmm. And at that point, I heard the voice of the father, who... Uh, Because it was the same actor who they had do the voice of the phantasm. And so at that point, I thought, okay, I've got this figured out. Yeah. Because they fight on a rooftop. Yes. I I don't remember when that is. That has to... Well, I don't know where that is either. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. They fight on a rooftop, and she vanishes. Right. What is that? Yeah, I... I can't remember that, but I We're running so, out of mob bosses that she's killing. My, yeah, she doesn't actually kill that many if you think just about it. Two. My first instinct was that it was the um, who, who's the the new guy that that likes Andrea Arthur. The, yeah, Arthur. Because that you know sometimes in these in these old shows they're pretty uh, they're pretty easygoing as far as we're going to give you the bad guy. We're mm-hmm. going to play it out the whole time. Mm-hmm. So my thought was, all right, he is killing these mob bosses. But dressed up like a big semi Batman, so mm-hmm. he can get you know, so he can push his campaign and and do push that. the attention that of Batman. Was, that was it without knowing anything. Then I thought, all right, it's the dad. I heard his voice. I got this figured. Which out. that was a brilliant decision on their part, by the way, to have oh, Stacy Keach also do the voice of the Phantasm. Um, and then I think, and then yeah, when when it was revealed, I was I was mad. I didn't figure it out. <laughs> you, you you saw the reveal when she shows up to the. The World's Fair at the end. Yes. And And Joker calls her... Yes. ...toots or something, and she takes off the mask. Yeah, because they're... Well, when he's on the phone with Batman, right before he sends that thing, mm-hmm. does he think he's talking to the Phantasm? I think he does. Yeah, because he... If you listen closely there, he is using female pronouns. He's not saying directly like she, but he says something... He calls, First he says he calls him Boopsie. Which you could just you could just think is which, him talking yeah, to Batman. Which could be Joker just giving. But there's another. something else in there that says that that implies that he thinks he's talking to a woman, and I can't remember exactly what it is. 
One of the things that I do love about that phone conversation is the fact that the Joker would continue to stay on the line yep. and laugh <laughs> after the bomb is And gone. you know he would stay on for quite a while probably, yeah, exactly. too. Exactly. Oh, is it operator? I think the line's been disconnected. <laughs> and you're like, this guy, yeah, for his yeah. own, you know he's alone in the, you know, yeah. <laughs> abandoned amusement park there or whatever, the, the World's Fair. And he's just he's just cackling. That's something that's interesting is in the animated series you get Joker with a whole bunch of lackeys the whole time. Yes, there's none in this movie. No, he's and and he's scarier as a result of that to yeah. me. Like he's just this psychopath toiling away by himself. Like that's really terrifying. He's really that. That's what I was going to say, or what I almost said earlier, but uh, then kind of pulled back from talking about the Joker at the beginning. But like he's pretty scary in this movie. Oh, definitely. And I think that. I agree with you. I think when he is by himself is when he's the creepiest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why are you by yourself? Because he's what still talking you? to Hazel and yes. cutting up some baloney. Yeah, and like what that relationship is is not is not gone into in this movie, but <laughs> is potentially pretty creepy if you start inferring yes. things. Because uh, he's doing a whole bit before the phantasm comes in about yes, like well electricity and yeah, uh, what are we doing tonight? You know, after it's time to call it a night, and then. And then when the phantasm comes in, he says, isn't that always the case? Right when you're in the mood, company shows yeah. up. And you're like, what are you doing, man? Because yeah. there's no Harley, like I said. So I don't know. And they know. play this at 11 in the morning for kids. Yeah, exactly. No kid got that joke. No. Not and, and then we get this awesome – the climax of this movie is really awesome. Mm-hmm. This fight in, in the World's Fair um, because Andrea now we know is the phantasm and has come to kill Joker. Because, yes. well, first Bruce figures out – that that creepy henchman guy was the Joker because um, he draws the smile on the picture. Which is um, an interesting backstory because you never he never talks. No, it's still like yeah. it, it's still it doesn't ruin the mystery of the Joker at mm-hmm. all because you're still yeah. like you never who was that guy? Yeah. Never given a name. Right, exactly. I mean that's sort of, that that's kind of a cool thing as well is that they they don't they're able to show him in the past without and and I've seen this done a couple times where mm-hmm. it's like yeah that guy was the Joker but he's still just as big a mystery to me. Yep. Yeah. Um, so she shows up to to kill him, and they have the Joker uh, hits the scythe with his acid flower, which I always love the use of the the. Mm-hmm. Well, because she smokes him in the face, and uh-huh. he's like, "I got my own." Yeah, melts her claw, which is which is cool, and then sort of leads to this chase around the, uh, mm-hmm. or all around the world. An fair. awesome fight where well, and he hits her. He's reaching for either a cleaver mm-hmm. or the baloney. That, that is one of the best. And then it cuts, where, and it cuts yeah. back to her, and you think, "Oh, it's gonna be a cleaver," and he just whammo in the face of the yeah. baloney. Is this when he also activates the crazy, like whatever protocol on that robot? Uh huh. Yes. <laughs> he turns for some reason. Hazel, the animatronic robot wife, uh, has has a mode where she turns into a crazy killer and just starts swiping with the cleaver. Wait, we just figured it out. This is why it's an abandoned World's Fair. The programmers program too much. Oh, it was a Westworld scenario. Yep, that's right. <laughs> it just there's too much, and they had to just like quarantine things, it off. Things went yep. bad. That yep. robot started killing people. Um, and then Batman shows up on the Bat Cycle, which I always love to see the Bat Cycle. Oh, definitely. Because um, I mean, yeah, you always think of Robin or Batgirl. Mm-hmm, with the mm-hmm. Bat but his true. Bat Cycle, and he used it in the animated series. I do like the helmet that has the. The the bat ears the on bat it. Bat ears on it, but yeah. he didn't have it in this. He didn't know he was right. He was writing helmetless hair. It's because he has no time. There's no time, and he goes up. That's why he had to get. That's why he had to use the bat cycle instead of the Batmobile because he's got to weave in and out of traffic yeah. there. Mm-hmm. And he drives up a giant fan that's about to suck oh, Andrea this is so, in. Yeah, because and uses yep. the motorcycle to break the giant fan. Yep, that's so cool. Yep, 
Batman, there's there's so many awesome Batman moves in this movie, and that's definitely one of them. The, all motorcycle based, pretty much. Yeah, really? a lot of motorcycle based. And then based at that point, awesome. Batman steps in and is like, "This isn't your fight," and yep. goes after the Joker. Get out of here! Right? Yeah. Which, exactly. Then we get the other part of the World's Fair where he's going through the futuristic place, and and Joker, I love him with the what to me looks like the Empire uh, State Building. Empire State Building on his the hat. Yeah. Yeah. It's like. It's like that old comedy where like the trees moving behind yep. the hero and mm-hmm. stops and the hero looks and then oh definitely and, and so then he's got all the remote control planes yep. slicing oh, Batman, um, which is where you start to bring in some of the blood that we talk. About. I mean, there's been blood in and out of this, but this is getting pretty violent and here. He with Batman kicks him in the face and you watch a tooth fly. Yeah, out of Batman it. kicks one of his teeth out, which is awesome. After Joker uses the Empire State Building hat to smash him over the head. Yep, yep. man, it's so good. This is a great Batman Joker fight. Um, and you've got Batman blood coming out from under the mask and stuff, mm-hmm. which I always think is such a cool image. And one of my favorite things about the animated series that I think that they do really well, and in this movie especially, is you get to see at what point the Joker is done fighting. You yeah. know? Mm-hmm. I mean, because you get to see him laughing and, and the, mm-hmm. the punchlines all the way through. And then you see that moment, whenever it is, where the Joker goes, okay, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't do this anymore. We well, skipped over this. One of the creepiest... And best moments in this whole movie is after Joker visits Arthur, and you hear the cackling, and you assume it's Joker, and you pull away, in, oh, or you go into definitely. the hospital room, the and it's laugh. and it's Arthur who's cackling, and the doctors can't contain him, and then Batman shows up and talks yeah. to him about it. But man, that's that, so yeah, we we did skip over that scene. That scene is terrifying great and, and, and very, awesome. Yeah, this whole f- movie, there's literally nothing that doesn't work in this movie. Yep. No, it's, it's there's it's no fat to be movie. trimmed in this movie at yeah, all. It's no, it's really amazing, uh, and and so then we get. Um, yeah, Batman. Oh, the, the, so the Joker then has a jetpack at the ready. Yes. Well, not to mention the fact that Joker is, you know, living there by himself. Has mm-hmm. had the time to put all the TNT around yes. this entire. Yes, that's the other world thing. thing. So he's active. He's going to blow the place and then get yes. away in a on a on a very Goldfinger esque jetpack. <laughs> um, and he's flying away, and Batman, being Batman, just jumps right on him. Yep, <laughs> awesome. And then uh, they're flying around for quite a while and fighting. And then I like the Joker's like, "You have to get off. You'll kill us both." And Batman says, "Whatever it Whatever takes." Whatever it takes. That's awesome. Uh, and they do crash. Uh, they're all right though. Uh, <laughs> well, and then the one thing that's not explained in this movie, uh, and I haven't seen any of the other parts of the trilogy, so I don't know if it's ever explained. Is just that her. Missed become you know her kind of vanishing mm-hmm. act that she does multiple times throughout this movie yeah and it's not explained right I mean it, and also the things that can phase right through her yes. and how that works yeah I mean there's definitely some kind of illusion aspect to this but it does feel somewhat magical the way it's portrayed I mean I think it's supposed to be like optical illusion or like yeah uh, you know misdirection or something kind well, of kind of like uh, like not magic magic but like stage magic and it's nice that it gives it leaves you with some questions but at the same time you're not mad you know, right like exactly it, you have enough of the story exactly um because it's, so batman eventually yeah he, he gets the the and then she shows up via yep. this thing and and grabs and is holding on to the joker yep and he's like the, the place is wired it's gonna blow and she's like he's not getting away this time mm-hmm. and uh and then i love the this image of because batman eventually has to run off and the joker just cackling as the place is exploding around them yeah which is a perfect note to go out on mm-hmm. the, to get the joke you know the joker's exit from the movie obviously he'll come back later in the animated series he's all right this happens numerous times in the animated series it seems like the joker is dead or in the comics as well where it's like and he's back Uh, (laughs) because he always comes back that's part of the terror of him as well is like what is this guy yeah 
Donovan? I'm trying to. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I just I, I just look over and, and you yeah. you're, you're like deep in thought on something. So I think what thing. happens. Batman goes and visits Arthur in the hospital. Yes. <laughs> he gives up that he gave away Arthur because he wouldn't give him money during his campaign. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. that when Joker figures out that the older Beaumont is dead? Because he alludes that he turned him in and something happened. Because then there's the scene where she shows up to the house and drops the groceries and out is walking the Joker. Which right. is great. Is that before? Does Wait, is that the Joker walking out? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's oh, the okay. same. It's the same. And she's like, how could you? You worked for him. Got it. Okay. And he's I, walking out. Mm-hmm. And is that right. when is that when that shows is that when does he know when he picks up the phone that the phantasm is Yes. Is at that point he knows that's that's Andrea. Yeah. But we with, the audience what I just what you just told me and me figuring out that that was the Joker who killed the father to begin with, yes, at that point. So then we know before the final showdown that she is the phantasm. Well, it's not exp- it's not explicitly shown could, until yeah. You could infer from those clues, though. Okay, but that's the that's the actual reveal what, is when she takes all off. All you figure out is that the father has been dead. Is, for yeah, some time. But, which means she's lied to Batman. Oh yeah, at that point you know that the father's not doing this, so then you could put it together that yeah. There's a lot of good detective stuff. Well, in that's this. the thing I was gonna say is what I love about this. Well, it's a mystery. It really is. Which is what Batman. I mean, Batman was initially created as the world's greatest detective, and here he is doing detective work yeah. as he should. The one thing I don't care about for this movie, I feel like, mm-hmm. is the back computer. It's used like once uh-huh. to analyze a sample on a piece of glass. Yeah, I feel like a microscope or you know something else but to then show. It Batman has, like the list of names of all the. the oh yeah, that's right. There's the to... O'Neill and yep. the Adams. Adams. Yeah, which is great. With great reference to. Also, there's a the thing they um, during the uh, is it the jetpack? I think. But or, or on the planes, when something's winding down, they use the sound of the Millennium Falcon winding mm-hmm. down. Yep. Uh, during in, in the end which of the World's Fair, awesome. which is also kind of a nice nod to but Mark it, There's also when Batman's walking around, there's the WB logo on one of the buildings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't feel like, like I said, I don't feel like the the Bat computer is needed. Okay, but is the Bat computer ever really fully utilized in the animated series? I mean. I mean, it has a weird like. I don't. I don't even know what the that bat sound computer is. is. Kind of a Deus Ex Machina, really. Like it can kind of do whatever. Yeah. Um. You know, it, it what it can give him names. It can analyze things. It yep. can do. I mean, it. it it's kind of limitless. Play solitaire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that I would love if you just come in and he's like, no, <laughs> there's no crime tonight, Alfred. I don't know. I'm kind of bored. Uh, <laughs> something like that. Um. But so so that happens, and we're to presume the Joker and and Andrea have been killed in this explosion, and um, we go to a very distraught looking Bruce Wayne in the Bat Cave. Yep. Um, and Alfred gives some nice wise advice. That's beautiful about how he walks to the abyss of yeah. I've al- I've always been afraid of of you becoming the thing you fight, and you walk that abyss every night. And you've never fallen in. Yep. But Andrea fell in years ago, and there's yeah. nothing you could do to. Pull oh her man. Out. Man, I I this is I want Alfred in my life to give yep. me advice on stuff. That's great. That's oh man. And then he sees a shimmering like a yep. light in the mm-hmm. distance and he runs to it. I don't know what he thinks it is. That's sort of but he, whatever it is, he runs to it and it's her necklace or locket Lock, or what yeah. yeah, from that we'd seen earlier in the mm-hmm. movie. Um a picture of both of them. Did it have that in it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he doesn't. What's interesting is he doesn't open it up there and to the, show. Earlier, it has a picture. Yeah, I know, but it's interesting. We're, you would have thought that they would have believe that it's the same. Thing. Yeah, it's just um, you would think they would have gone for that shot. Yeah, um, they didn't have the time. 
Right, and then short, and, and then fat. We've already talked yeah, about that it. Yeah, that was the fat that drove. And then you just have Batman head down, mm-hmm. uh, upset. I mean, this is mm-hmm. the the yeah, the kids movie. <laughs> There's a lot of grief in this. Um, mm-hmm. But I I think that what you it really just goes back to the can Batman have another life? Right, and, and that's what that's really what this movie cements. Like, yeah, he he tried it, and I mean he continues to try it with other women throughout. Mm-hmm. You know the comics and everything, but it's just it never works. You got you got to admire that he keeps trying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, what happens is Bruce the Wayne women just get more dangerous. That's yep. really right. what it is. Well, that's I mean that to me has always been the thing. Like if he's going to be with anyone, it should be Catwoman. Definitely. Does that's that which could, is very interesting where Catwoman started out and what her kind of walking the line of good and evil now mm-hmm. is. Right. Exactly. Well, and you see that Bruce Wayne is the the mask, like we talked about mm-hmm. earlier, and. In comics, it feels like that goes further and further away because he can't maintain that. Like yeah. people are starting to put things together, or he's missing parties or whatever, and he just has to kind of cut away all of that. Yeah, true. Uh, and then we cut to a party on some kind of boat or cruise ship or yep. something, and uh, a, a guy walks out of the party, sees a woman standing near the um, railing at the deck of the ship. Uh, he kind of smooths his hair back, uh, makes his approach. Uh, and uh, says something about it's a nice night or whatever. And she says, yeah. And he says, I'm sorry, do you want to be left alone? And she said, I am. It's and, it's, and it's Andrea. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. then it cuts back to Gotham City where Batman is answering the bat signal. Perfect ending to this, to this movie. is stop. just him. And he has his eyes closed. And then he opens his eyes and the bat signal appears in the sky. Well, and then he stands there, shoots the grappling gun. That's one of the things that I love about the the art style of Bruce Tim is the fact that they actually use the eyes in the cowl mm-hmm. to give emotion. You yeah. Know, oh, just, yeah. Just the white slits that they're able to. They can expand so or turn or whatever. Because yeah, there's he yeah he totally he has complete uh, he's completely uh, expression. I mean, his expressions yeah. are clear even with just the white eyes and you know, like that. Um, great ending. I mean, you, you can never go wrong with a Batman ending with the bat signal appearing, him mm-hmm. him answering never. the call. I mean, that's. That's that to me is the ultimate image of Batman. Is like this is it. After all this is going on, he's back out on that rooftop, and there's more trouble in the city. Never ends. Um, because to me, that's a, there is a line I do love in, in Dark Knight Rises that kind of applies to this, where it's just like he's a guy. He's where Alfred says to him, "You're just sitting around waiting for things to go wrong again." And I was like, "Oh yeah, there you got it, Nolan. Maybe not so much <laughs> later, but right there, you really got him." Or like in Batman Returns, when you first see him, and Bruce Wayne's just sitting in the dark. By himself, just sitting there with his head down, and then the and then he like stands up and comes alive when the bat signal shows up, and it's just like, yeah, he's just this guy waiting for trouble, and then there he goes, and then and that's where we leave him, mm-hmm. um, which is the perfect place to leave him. Kind of because it kind of starts in the middle of action. Mm-hmm. He's swinging through into the casino to take people out. Like it starts with action and finishes with action. Yeah, I mean that's it's just another case for mm-hmm. Batman. I mean that is an interesting thing. Like what Batman. As a character, it's almost like this movie, he's not necessarily changed by the events of this movie, but it's like it's like some kind of closure for something in his past, you know. Definitely. Uh, that that I think is real. it's like he can now put that behind him to a certain extent, uh, which is an interesting which is an interesting story to tell with Batman because um, it's also like a very relatable story of like being able to close the book on an ex or uh, whether it be an ex girlfriend or just something from your past or a person. Or, of any sort like that, it, it, it's interesting to tell that story with in the context of Batman, you know. Or like, um, cool, yeah. So, is there anything else uh, you guys want to say about this? Well, movie? we didn't touch on the amazing final. <laughs> the, 
the piece c- of the soundtrack. Yeah, the song that the, plays over the end credits. It, it definitely a very dated yeah. piece of music, but I mean, unrivaled I by any other. <laughs> I can't imagine Batman credit scene being in '93 and thinking that that was a good song. <laughs> like, I mean, people it's, probably did, but like the second it comes in with the horns and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I it, never really. Yeah, asked it's, you it's a weird love song to play at the end of the yeah, end yeah. Of a, a, a Batman. I I, I was saying this when it, when it, when the credits were rolling there. I have to imagine this was a Warner Brothers artist or something that they wanted to promote. And so they're like, oh, we have this movie. We'll put it in. There's kind of a love story in this movie, so we'll make it work. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I feel like they, they went to the executives and they're like, you know, this is what we've got. And the executives are kind of like, oh, so it's a rom-com, right? Like, it's yeah. a Batman rom-com? Okay, we've got the perfect music. <laughs> yep. to- Batman rom-com. It Here feels, we go. It, Throw that in. It, What's that song? Yeah. Throw it in. Yeah, exactly. It feels like a lot of the... James Bond themes where the name of the song and the name of the movie are the (laughs) same and nothing else. Like, (laughs) listen to GoldenEye and watch that movie and realize that there is... GoldenEye. Yeah. Across the water. I mean, Tina Turner, it's great. The the line of, I watched you from the shadows as a child. Yeah. And it's like, what what is this? This doesn't do anything for this movie. No. All right, guys. We've got a movie. It's (laughs) called Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Get on a soundtrack song. Yeah. But I mean, this right. this has happened to the other Batman movies as well. I mean, Prince did a number of songs for 89's Batman. Um, but you said that he wanted to do those. That he was he was like, a Warner I'm Brothers gonna, artist, though, I'm so he kind of had. And on. I mean, and then well, then what happened was Warner Brothers came to Tim Burton and said, "You're going to put these Batman songs in this movie that Prince wrote because awesome. Prince loves Batman and he wants to write some songs about." It. <laughs> and so he wrote Prince things. Gets what he you wants. You can't yeah. say no to Prince. Yeah, like like you can look up like Bat Dance that he wrote for mm-hmm. it, uh, which is great, or Party Man, or uh, Trust. Any of these songs uh, do appear in the movie, and they're very interesting. The 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 music video for Bat Dance, I highly recommend. Folks, if you if you want to go out and look that up, it's amazing. It's Prince, and he's in a costume that is split. One half is a bat suit, the other half is Joker's purple suit, right. and then his face is half a Batman mask, and the other half is painted like the Joker. There you go. And he's just switching back and forth from the camera, and there's a bunch of dancers around him in the same way, and he's singing Bat Dance. And you're just like, what is happening right now? That's amazing. <laughs> that feels like uh, I know Donovan's seen. I don't know if you've ever seen it. The the college humor they do the bad man and they do the oh, Batman sure. meets Two Face for the first time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Batman can't figure out. If one side it's Harvey it, Face, right, right, right. one side is Harvey Face, scary one's face. Scary yeah, face. Yeah, yeah. No, those are just great. Switching back those, and forth. Those Pete Holmes videos uh, yeah. are are fantastic. Are uh, you saying you can't tell? <laughs> Are you saying that I went away because you can't see half of my face? Like, you know. um, what yeah. do you do with a scary face <laughs> and Harvey face? <laughs> um, cool. So, yeah, I think that's then probably going to wrap this up. I think. So, um, yeah, like I said, there are other one. They're, they're they're not really sequels. They're just other animated series movies. Yeah. Sub Zero and Mystery of the Batwoman are they fit other titles. More into the animated series itself. Um, kind of. They're Continuity. both made. I mean, Sub Zero was made after the original run of the show ended, and then uh, Mystery of the Batwoman was made after that second run of the show when they did the redesign of it. I guess I just mean as compared to a lot of the other DC animated universe. That, oh yeah, yeah, know, yeah. they are. I mean, because like they, they yeah. fit within. Well, Sub Zero has series. the Mister Freeze from the yes. animated series, and Mystery of the Batwoman has a bunch of the characters from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. No, they're not like the the what they now make with the standalone. Exactly, meaning that it this is actually connected to the animated series Absolutely. as opposed to a lot of the other animated movies that they've come out with, which are also fun, you know great. 
Mm-hmm. And but, much of the same have people have worked to do with on the it. animated series continuity. Yep. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So cool. Uh, thank you guys for watching this uh, on the show and uh, for coming on and talking. Of Thanks for yeah. inviting uh, me. Yeah. And and this uh, this continues the trend of people liking the movies that we've seen. We have yet to have anyone really have a problem. Dang it! Had I known, my, <laughs> my answers could have gone the other way. Could have, could have gone, could have gone so much the other way. The thing is, is they couldn't. Like, <laughs> no, they they really couldn't. No, this is this is a great movie through and through. Um, one that I will have to have in my collection. Oh, absolutely! I, that I will watch many. No, no, it's no one Batman collection that, is complete without. If it's it. ever on TV, mm-hmm. no matter what point it's on, I have to finish yeah. that movie. Like, I just have to. I've seen, I never get tired of this. I've seen this so many times. I wore this out as a kid on VHS, and and then I in my DVD I've watched countless times. Well, well, and just listening to you guys, it sounds like there's a lot of things that you can pick up mm-hmm. after watching it multiple times. Yeah, I'm, yeah, after absolutely. The first run, you you get the the idea, but there are lots of other little. Oh, for sure, yeah. yeah. To see. And no. you watch this, and then you read a Batman comic, and you combine the two, or you read a Batman comic, then you watch this, and it just, like, that's the thing about the animated series and all these movies, is they're so true. Like, it, Paul Dini has such yeah. a love it's for... It's still, the, to me, the best iteration of Batman in, mm-hmm. in any media, well, outside and, of the comics, really. Well, and something we have to talk about, and not that we need, uh, you know, a definitive answer here, but John was saying beforehand that this is, this may be the best Batman movie of all time where do you think it ranks in all the movies this uh, for only seeing it one time you know and i uh-huh. and i think sometimes it's hard to really take in a movie just seeing it once of course um but I, it was a great movie and i would probably say it's in the if not the top three it'd be in the top five um of i my can't Batman imagine movies. it not being in a top three I mean, it's better it than, might be in the top three, though, is what he's saying. I, what I'm, but what I'm saying is, like, I, in my mind, there's no doubt that there would be three movies, three Batman movies better than this. You've got the Schumacher ones that don't compete. Yeah. You've got Danny DeVito. Sorry, it doesn't compete with this. <laughs> no. The three Nolan ones are are okay. They're, I mean, there's some good stuff in there. But I think that, you know... Every take on Batman is so different, and that's yeah. something that you really—it's hard to compare the movies because it's pick your favorite Batman, yep. you know, like yeah. pick your pick the style of Batman that you want. And I think that this style of Batman is probably the closest to like the original comics, but you know, set back where he was a detective, mm-hmm. where it was, yeah. you know, um, back in the forties and stuff, fighting with gangsters. And that's one of the things that I think. I mean, that's part of the reason that I loved the Christopher Nolan Batmans is because they actually brought back in the mob, and that's something that's always brought away, you know, thrown away. I, my introduction to anybody into Batman is the Jeff Loeb uh, Long Halloween because mm-hmm. it's here is all of yep. the rogue gallery of villains, plus here's the the mob and the mafia that you never hear about nowadays. Yep. Right. And I so mean, I, it's, it's kind of the Godfather with Batman to a certain extent, mm-hmm. Long Definitely. Halloween. Um, and so I. So no, this this movie was phenomenal. I it yeah, like you said, they they cut away all the fat. It's it's straightforward. Um, it's enjoyable the entire way through. There's a nice pickup of pace with the Joker. Um, you know, Kevin Conroy and and Mark Hamill will forever be the definitive Batman and Joker. But yep. the the thing is, is this movie unlike the Nolan movies or the Schumacher movies or even the Burton movies? Mm-hmm. It's this is seventy five minutes of pure enjoyability. There's there's nothing to complain about in seventy five minutes of movie. Yeah, that's that I, is, that doesn't happen in any movie. I mean, that's <laughs> the thing is like 
No, I I would definitely hold you to that. I mean, I I would agree, and I think that even like in some of the animated series, some of the shows are tough to get through. A couple of the episodes are you know, not the, up the to Batman point. in my basement. Yeah. One, that's it's it's a tough one to get through. Uh, even but, even Bruce Tim will tell you Batman it, in my basement is tough. Exactly. <clears throat> so they really, I mean, the fact that that you were saying that they kind of had to rush the process for this movie, it doesn't show no, at it does all. not. It's, it's so polished. Yeah. Um, they killed it on this script, and then the animation, they just took it to a new level with their... The score, yep. yeah, everything. It really, it's really just... This is a love fest for this, this movie, I mean, and it really is... The, the interesting thing about this is this is really an all-star Batman movie, and the only villain that you recognize is the Joker. Yeah, it's true. You know, and there there was not even an attempt to to draw little hints or cameos from any of the other villains. Right. It was just... Because you easily could have seen, like, oh, and then we'll throw in a cameo from Two-Face or Poison Ivy or whatever. And like you said, this is a case study. So it makes sense that there's, like, you know, there's a Batman case, so there's only one... There only has to be one villain. Exactly. It's a singular thing. You know, they could have easily thrown a penguin with all the mob stuff. And Mm -hmm. right now he's going to start coming after you, too. And I mean... No, or but Two Face or yeah, any 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 of the mob related characters certainly. Catwoman shows up and he's like, "Who's this hussy?" <laughs> That's what I want to see. <laughs> yes, what you want to see? Yeah, I want I want Three's company with Batman. <laughs> I want. Well, uh, I think you might be alone in that. Really, I'm sure there is at least one other person. There's got to be at least. Hey, write in, folks, if you want to. Three's company, Batman style. <laughs> uh, cool. I would, I would watch that. All right. Uh, so yeah, I think that's gonna uh, wrap it up for this this episode of uh, you haven't seen that yeah um, yeah so thank yeah thank you guys for for coming on of course yeah of and course. Uh, for watching this movie and uh, yeah uh, th- thank you at home for listening mm-hmm. and uh, you made it through yeah you made it through uh, it's another thrilling episode uh, of this show uh, still doesn't still don't have a, a line to go out on uh, so maybe that's the, your line. I, st- I, I I I have been saying that, and once again, if you wanna if you wanna if people wanna submit lines for me to say at the end of this, I can try out a few different ones. We'll see how it sounds. I'll see you at the movies. Yeah. Uh, I don't no, I don't. And you don't have uh, to start throwing them out now. Oh, well, can... I feel like I'm on the spot. <laughs> I feel like this gonna. I feel like there could just be another hour of this episode of you going. Uh, this. Uh... Maybe yep. that that would be a great. You know, in between episode, just Donovan thrown out. Just, here we go. <laughs> lines. All right. just a bonus episode of it. Here we go. Let's try some few. <laughs> uh, but no. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, yeah, we'll see you next week.